Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM. What an amazing day yesterday in so many different ways. Probably the biggest decision this government, well, certainly the biggest decision this government has made to date. It could well be the biggest decision it will make in the five years of its tenure. We will have to wait and see on that one. But the red tops this morning say, Dr. No. That's the front page. It's got, um, uh, always, I'm always amazed, actually. That I, keep, I keep having to remind myself, Hall Martin is Taoiseach. Leah Varadkar is Tawnishta. Not the other way around. But there's Varadkar on the front of the papers this morning. Uh, certainly the mirror where they're talking about his fury um, with Neffet, in particular Tony Hulan. I wonder what, that, what kind of a relationship they're going to have going forward now. Are they going to be able to build bridges and move on? Actually, Michal does make the front of the star. Um, he, I don't remember him saying this last night, be good and we won't punish you. But they have it in inverted commas all the same. Uh, the mail this morning says, it wasn't thought through as in Neffet, and when they got in yesterday to meet the party leaders, um, uh, they couldn't answer fairly straightforward questions, or at least that's what we're being told as to why we should go to level five. Level heads required is the front page of the sun today. And this level three lark now will be around uh, for three weeks at least. But Leo certainly came out of the blocks hitting out at Neffet last night on the Claire Byrne live show. I have a clip of that in a few minutes' time. But back to some audio clips in a minute. Uh, Echo this morning says level three has now been confirmed. And of all of the newspapers, I think the best um, graphic is in the Echo this morning on page three as to, as Cork moves to level three, what do the restrictions mean? Now, all of the papers have their own graphics and interpretation of it, uh, but the one in the Echo I like best. Uh, so level three confirmed according to the front page of uh, uh, the Echo today and indeed the examiner also. Uh, those in the services industry, in hospitality, anything to do with tourism or the food sector or bars and restaurants and cafes and hotels, they are calling it a nightmare, a nightmare scenario with an inside page story in the Echo talking about particularly a nightmare scenario for pubs. Wet pubs only got open a few weeks and they'll close again now because with the winter and the weather and only 15 people outdoors, how many pubs or indeed restaurants will actually be even interested in opening under those kind of conditions? Sam McConkie says that we could be looking at 10pm curfews. In fact, he's saying the inside page, you can rule nothing out at this stage, but in the inside page is the mirror this morning. He's saying, uh, don't be, don't be, uh, don't be surprised if we have a level 6, a level 7, 8, 9 or 10. Now don't be giving me any jip, I'm not saying this. Sam McConkie is saying it. But the, the priority of course was to keep schools open and the examiner reminders of, the, of that. Um, there's a, a very good story in the mail today that breaks down our hospital capacity particularly with regards to ICU um, and there's those within the medical profession saying that ICU capacity will be depleted by next month at this rate. If they keep on adding two more people uh, in ICU every single day, um, you will run out. But mind you, if people are getting better and leaving ICU, you wouldn't know. I mean, may two go in, maybe two go out, a bit like Lanigan's Ball. But we have a total of 277 ICU beds in the country, and they break down exactly how many people are in it and the different reasons as to why. So I will come back to that later this morning. Uh, be aware, story in the Times UK this morning saying that face masks don't work in the rain, uh, nor do I, incidentally. And lockdown um, really uh, is having an effect with regards to people looking on towards Christmas. Two different ways. They figure if we can get this, uh, you know, COVID under control now. We'll have a half-decent Christmas. If we can't, we won't. So panicked parents then forming queues outside toy shops yesterday morning. And I had that on the air yesterday. 
Um, and this is primarily to do with people who are doing click and collect at places like Smith's Toys. And also, there will not be any guard investigation into BlackRock um, celebrations down Church Road when the Rockies brought home the silverware for the first time in 18 years. Mind you, Gerlach Nan in the sports pages this morning says that nobody should be blaming the Rockies and nobody should be blaming uh, BlackRock fans because those kind of scenes that we saw on the Church Road are happening the length and breadth of the country. But it's very interesting because uh, this morning the Mail have two different uh, interpretations of how people should behave when they win a county championship. Um, like BlackRock Hurling Club uh, tweeted... Um, the famine is over. The Rockies are county champions after 18 long years. The lads are coming home and will be carrying the Sean Og Murphy Cup down the church road in the next hour. If you're out and about in your green and gold colours, give them a hero's welcome. Which, unfortunately, was an encouragement for people to come out and be part of the homecoming. So that's what got them into so much hot water. Meanwhile, Charleville GAA also won big over the weekend. And they tweeted, Unfortunately, due to restrictions, it is not possible to celebrate this historic victory in the normal way. We can't have a parade or a homecoming. Instead, we have a live event on Facebook later this evening um, where we will introduce the team and chat with a few players. So what we're talking about here is the... Uh, just a reflection on the different approaches by two different clubs uh, to weekend wins. And the Mail uh, talk about that in quite some detail. Um, there's a lot of other stories, actually. There's a couple of lovely stories. Um, a lo- very nice one coming out of Curie's BMW, where Halley, uh, Paula Halloran, the uh, head of business down there, has um, got his hands on these uh, mini BMW motor cars. And these are for kids and young patients who find hospital a daunting experience. They can take their trip, their trip even, through emergency and into x-ray departments in mini, little mini BMWs, tiny little ones. It's, it's superb. Uh, just to, you know, take their mind off the fear of x-rays and A&Es and hospitals. I think it's a super idea, and it's a great story making the inside pages of the Echo. The Neil Prenderville Show. It's open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. You can text zero eight six eight one zero four one zero six. This was Michal Martin. Now, he was talking for seven minutes last night, uh, but we've just edited down to just over two minutes, where he was saying no to level five, but hello to level three. We have decided at this stage not to move to a more comprehensive lockdown. It's important to understand that the potential implications of such a move are severe and very different from those we faced earlier this year. It could involve the loss of hundreds of thousands of jobs, with these concentrated in families and communities which are already experiencing difficulties. An immediate comprehensive lockdown would make it much harder to deal with non-COVID health concerns, including the impact of isolation on the mental health of many of our people. But it is essential that steps be taken, and taken now, to bring down the rate of infection and to limit the numbers who require hospitalization and critical care. And that is why, as of tomorrow, 12 midnight, all parts of the country will move to level three of the government's framework for restrictive measures for a period of three weeks. The second part of the response is to step up measures to increase compliance with guidelines. The evidence is very clear that most people are following guidelines in limiting their activities and reducing the risk that they might spread or catch the virus. However, there's also no doubt that some are taking a more lax attitude. 
whether it is about inviting others to our homes or how we behave in public settings, the virus is spreading because people are allowing it to spread. In the coming days, we will be increasing the levels of public guidance on compliance and will work more closely with all sectors and stakeholders to ensure that measures are fully implemented so that we get maximum impact. I understand how frustrated people are and how the yearning for normality grows stronger all the time. However, COVID-19 is still deadly and we cannot ignore the threat it still poses. All right, I thought he could have been stronger actually on those that didn't play ball and got us back into this mess. But um, uh, fairness, uh, Leo Varadkar didn't hold back on Claire Byrne Live last night when it came to Neffet. Do you have full confidence in Neffet? I have confidence in Neffet to dispense public health advice, um, but that is what they do. Uh, they don't advise the public, uh, they advise the government, uh, and the government decides. Uh, and I do think one thing that needs to be borne in mind, you know, very good people, 40 of them, um, but all coming from medical or scientific or civil service backgrounds, um, there, none, none of those people, for example, uh, would have faced being on the pandemic unemployment payment yesterday. None of them would have to tell somebody that they were losing their job, and none of them would have had to shut their business for the last time. And I'm not talking about the economy. I'm talking about something that could have happened to half a million human beings tomorrow. And sometimes the reason why politicians make these decisions is because we're the ones who can see the bigger picture. It's not just about a virus and statistics around a virus. It's not just about death rates. It's about real people and how this impacts on so many different people and so many different communities in so many different ways. Tim on uh, the Claire Byrne live show last night. Lines open at one 104 106 for your thoughts on this. Text 86 106 I'm joined again by Dr. Nula O'Connor, lead advisor on COVID-19, coronavirus for the Irish College of General Practitioners and a practitioner here on Leaside. Uh, Dr. Nula, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Okay, uh, many people were very slow to comment yesterday. I get that because they wanted to wait until we found out what level we would be at. We're at three. It was it the right decision. I think the decision here and what we need to focus on actually is what we all need to do, Neil, to actually uh, get the virus back under control. Because clearly, at level two, while a lot of people were complying with restrictions, there were sufficient people not complying with the restrictions that the virus is spreading within our community. So I think we need uh, to move away from trying to focus on... um, a, a, a decisions one way or another. Um, a, an effort, a, his role is to try to protect lives. Uh, the government has a broader role. Uh, I think what we now need to do is we need to focus on what each and every one of us can do to get the numbers down. Because at the end of the day, the only way that we're going to get on top of this is by everybody doing what they should do, Neil. And uh, the key factor here is not giving the virus a chance to spread by meeting less people. And most especially, it's what goes on in our private households behind closed doors is 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 the key factor. Um, the, 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 the level that we are recommended now is that we should only have members of one other household invited into our house. Okay, and and that that is the one that's really if if we can get people to stick to that, that is the one 
that gives this virus less opportunities to spread. But can you explain this something? Can you can you explain something to me then? It says social and family gatherings, six visitor, visitors from one other household, and then it has just under that outdoor gatherings, maximum fifteen people. What's an outdoor gathering? So um, an outdoor gathering um, is. Again, it's, it's outdoor gathering, but it's 15 people, but it's actually intended that it's only from one household as well. Um, and that's my own, just my reading you see the, But can you see and the confusion out- there? Is outdoor gathering I, I, 15 people I, I, in a public park for a picnic I or do. something? Yeah. Do, do you know how, I, I think they, 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 I suppose the message is being lost, uh, uh, perhaps, in, 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 in the detail. The interpretation of the detail. And I think we just need to be careful. Um, you know, this is, we're at a really, really critical time for our country, okay? Clearly, our public health colleagues are incredibly worried, and they're incredibly worried at the trajectory that this virus is taking. They're worried that uh, if we fail to act urgently as a country and as, as citizens, that in three weeks' time, we will have a situation whereby our Intensive care beds will be full um, with a mixture, not just COVID, but there's lots of other things, lots of other reasons why people need to be in intensive care. And one thing in this country is that one would expect is that, God forbid, if you were involved in a road tra- traffic accident, um, that there would be uh, a, a, the capability within our health service to actually save your life if yeah. you need an intensive care bed. We don't want to get back to that. The second thing is we now have, I think it's up to uh, 34 outbreaks in nursing homes. Um, that's our very um, elderly, vulnerable population. Um, and we're going to see the deaths rising there. Uh, the over 65s, now not just in nursing homes, but the number of cases in over 65s doubled last week. That's right. So yeah. again, another group that are much more susceptible uh, to the severe um, effects and risk of dying from this virus. So on that basis um, then, do you have any comment to make on Neffet going away with the flea in their ear? Um, you know, because there were fairly withering comments made by uh, Leo Varadkar and other politicians uh, about Tony Holohan failing to read the room when he went into the three party leaders. Uh, and indeed, I think one of them said, we're not in March now, you know. Mm. To be honest, Neil, I think it's uh, it's not appropriate for me uh, in, in my role um, uh, okay. uh, to be commenting on, on what went on. Uh, um, and clearly, there are very, very dedicated people on both sides, and you know they're, 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 they have they have different agendas. But as a country, the agenda that we must all follow is to try to get the numbers back down. Because yeah. if we don't get the numbers back down, we will be at level five. Yeah. You yeah. Know, like yeah. we have so, so I think what's, what's important really for all of us is to focus within our own family, our circle of friends, our work circle, our community. Can we try to engage everybody in the simple things that we know are going to do this? So we haven't gone higher than level three, which means we can still uh, meet up with 
one other family. We can still exercise. We can we we can actually still go to the hairdressers. We can still go to the gym um, on our own. Um, you know, there's a certain amount of things that that can still happen. Lots of our businesses can remain open, albeit with certain restrictions. Our schools are open. Our creches are open. Our economy is keeping going. Oh, I know. I mean, you, I mean, you're clearly. I mean, the message is is right. Your message is 100 percent right. But as a medic, it's probably not your area with regards to. Um, you know, those that will be waking up to job losses this morning within the services yeah. industry, there will be tens of thousands of people, perhaps even up to 100,000 people getting a P45 today in the coming yeah. days. Yeah, well, I, so we have, a, we, have a, we have an opportunity uh, to stop that happening. Yeah. And the opportunity to stop that happening is to get the numbers back down. Can you, so, can you explain with regards to the ICU beds? We have 277, but at the moment there's only... 39 available. The rest of them are being used currently, aren't they? Yeah, they're being used. Not, not necessarily with COVID. No, but all other things. Intensive care. So people have major operations, uh, 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 people recovering from cancer care, uh, road traffic, traffic accidents, major orthopedic surgery. Um, there's, there's lots of reasons why you need intensive care beds for non-COVID care. And that goes on all the time. So our, our intensive care was not just there for COVID. Um, um, because one of the things that we know is that we have to keep on top of the non-COVID care because people are still having heart attacks, strokes, yeah. developing cancer. We, ha- we have to be able to keep all of that going. And at the moment, there's a huge, there's been a huge catch-up. When we had the lull in, in, in COVID cases during the summer, was everybody was working really, really hard to catch up on that non-COVID care uh, for others. So that's still ongoing. And, and this is the other thing is that if we do get a big surge, unfortunately, what's going to happen is that you're going to have the COVID and non-COVID care uh, competing with okay. each other okay. a- again and, and that would mean that that cancer operations will be delayed all, all that time, there's a big knock-on effect That's right. um, yeah. uh, within healthcare as well as obviously within the economy Do you have any stats, stats for Cork as to how many people are in hospital with COVID and indeed how many are on ventilators or in ICU I wonder I don't actually have particular stats for Courtney, no. No. Um, but I, 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 I don't think there's a huge issue at the moment in the Cork hospitals. Um, obviously, Cork was lucky. We, we have come from quite a low base. Um, uh, Cork had very low levels of the virus uh, there during May, June, July and August. But unfortunately, we're rapidly rising. Um, um, so we need to um, really, really focus um, on the next uh, two to three weeks. And as you know, it's going to take, it takes 10 days to two weeks before our, the actions that we take today uh, will come into effect. Um, and it, it's really, really simple. You meet as little people as possible face to face. Only those that is essential for you to meet face to face, they're the only people that should, you should be meeting in the next two, three weeks. Go back to having the Zoom calls, the face, FaceTime chats, whatever it was you were doing in March and April. Go back to that. It's really, for the next two to three weeks are really, really critical um, as to how this is going to pan out. We have to change the trajectory of this virus. If we want to be able to do things like for, look forward to Christmas, 
yes, get it out of the way now, sort it now, so we can have some kind of a half-decent Christmas, rather than leaving things as they were, and this just getting worse and worse. That's the mantra, really, I suppose, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Okay, okay. thanks as always, Nula, for taking the call. I do appreciate it. Dr. Nula O'Connor um, saying we need to forget about what number we're at and forget about whatever's going on between Neffet and the government and just deal on what we need to do ourselves as individuals and as families. So I see a lot of people asking questions about Level 3. Um, we've moved into Level 3, or at least we will, at midnight tonight. And it means, uh, Dr. Nula touched on one or two of them there, it means social and family gatherings, six visitors from one other household in your home, six visitors from one other household. Um, stay in your own county from midnight tonight. Uh, you're Cork, you stay in Cork. Um, games only... Uh, behind closed doors and some games were completely called off incidentally GAA yesterday came out and said that they're just stopping everything they're suspending everything um, and I will come back to that point again throughout the course of the morning uh, retail and shopping centres remain open uh, playgrounds remain open um, the big job losses will be in areas of restaurants Cafes, bars and hotels, because for restaurants, cafes and bars it's takeaway and delivery or outdoor um, let's say if you have a bar or a cafe or a restaurant, uh, then you want to keep it open. You can only now serve food to members of the public outdoors, um, and it must be limited to a maximum of 15 people. Other than that, it's takeaway and delivery. So for many businesses, of course, that will not be possible. So that's the end of that. Um, indoor gatherings not permitted. Uh, people are being asked to work from home, if at all possible. Public transport is being reduced to 50% uh, of what it was up until now. And public transport is deemed to be for essential workers only. Um, then they talk about self-service or serve the service industry, like when Dr. Nola touched on it, hairdressing salons and things like that. They remain open. Hotels are open only to residents. So I think people can go into a hotel with people who are actually staying in a hotel. And then one or two more examples, like for instance, Mass. Um, now Mass will move online and churches will be open uh, for private prayer. I'm not quite sure what that means, but certainly the Mass aspect of it moves online. So there's just a few. There are, there are many more, of course, which I can drill into throughout the course of the morning. Uh, our lines are open at 1-850-104-106. We also did some stats on Cork um, and the numbers in Cork over the past couple of weeks. I want to pick up on that calls and texts after the break. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at Neil Red FM. Yes, indeed. A lot of texts already this morning. Text 0868104106. I see a lot of them coming in regarding PUP and the PUP payment and those that are going to lose their jobs. What the government did actually is they reduced the PUP payment. Are they going to relook at that again? Many people are asking that question this morning. Yes, you are right when you say uh, that uh, you cannot go into nursing homes to visit a loved one for the coming weeks. One of the reasons for that, of course, is there is uh, more outbreaks of COVID-19 in nursing homes and long-term residential care facilities. So visits there have been suspended from midnight tonight, apart from critical compassionate grounds. I think you all know what that means, but you're right when you say that. Uh, you're not going to get a medic uh, to comment on things like the pop payment or unemployment uh, or indeed even the role of the Gardaí because they will just deal with medical aspects. And I think that's something that Leo Varadko was saying, that those in Neffet or those involved in the medical aspect of this don't um, run the risk of losing their job this week or run the risk of uh, you know having to take a wage cut, uh, nor do civil servants, he was saying. Uh, but politicians have to bear that in mind. And that was one of the reasons why they 
they refused and they squared up uh, to Neffet on this and refused to go to level five. Uh, I'm joined by Donica O'Leary, uh, Cork South Central TD, and he joins me by phone. Donica, good morning. Did 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 good I morning. did I hear Mary Lou in Morning Ireland this morning uh, say that um, Leo Varadkar and Michal Martin handled Tony Hoolan all wrong and they shouldn't have squared up to him? Or did I misinterpret what she was saying? Uh, I didn't hear the interview. I was, I was trying to listen, but the app wasn't working right for me. Yeah, I think. Um, I think. I mean, so the question being, how would Sinn Fein have handled this differently? Yeah, well, I do think that there was an issue with how the look. We have a situation here where, and you think back to the early stages of the pandemic, and not that everything was perfect, but there was a broad consensus among government opposition. It was a caretaker government at the time, and the public health emergency team, um, and I think that. As tough as those times were, there was a feeling of solidarity and there was a feeling that everyone was walking towards the right thing. Not everyone would agree, uh, but everyone was walking towards the right thing. You have a situation where the public health emergency team has brought forward their advice, which is what they're tasked to do, and they have a, I wouldn't say a narrow remit, but they have a specific remit, uh, and it relates to uh, managing the public health emergency uh, and taking into account the capacity of the health service. They came forward with their advice and in particular Leo Varadkar, the comments he made about uh, Tony Holton yesterday, I think that it was possible not to go with the advice without creating a situation now where you have a division. And that's really unhelpful. Uh, it's really damaging, really, to be honest, that there is a division between the public health emergency team, between the people who are providing the expert advice and the government. And like, I hope that that is rectified. I hope that that is um, improved. I hope that it's repaired. Uh, but it's not going to be easy to do it. And I think it was really, really unwise. I think it was petulant. Uh, and I think it was populist of Leo Varadkar uh, to talk about the public health emergency team in the way that he did. Well, not everybody would agree with you. I'm watching texts this morning that are very supportive of what Varadkar did. He said he has to think, and so does Michal Martin in, in his address to the nation last night, he has to think about the economy. He has to think about jobs. He has to think of more of the, the social aspects of our lives and the impact on our mental health. All of these, like, COVID's important, but I think they're saying now that maybe there are other things that are taking over in importance. Of course, Neil, absolutely. Um, and I suppose that's not the issue. Um, I absolutely agree because, you know, public health emergency team comes forward and government has to evaluate it on the basis of the wider ramifications. And even the shift to stage three, there'll be lots of businesses relieved, but there'll be lots of businesses uh, deeply upset. I know the pubs who don't serve food, like realistically, how many pubs are going to be in a position to open for 15 outdoors in October in Ireland? Like, I mean, there's not that many that that's a realistic option. For a lot of those, uh, this is... This is lockdown. Um, so, like, I mean, and I'll come back to that, but, like, I mean, the issue is not the decision that was taken. Uh, government can take decisions and they can take advice and they can take elements of it and they can apply it. The issue is the disrespect that was shown and the, I, I think, the damage to the relationship. Because what you need is, you need government to be able to get advice, that strong advice that's not that's not frightened to, to challenge government and government can either go with it or not go with it. Um, but if you create a situation where somebody provides you advice and you trash them on the air, well, like, I mean, you're going to think twice about how you say things next time. And that's not good. That's not healthy. That doesn't you think that Neffet will say, we gave it our best shot. They're not listening. What's the point? Well, look, I hope not. Uh, I think that there, uh, there are some very committed medic medical professionals, indeed other professionals on that team, and I think that they will try and continue to do their best for the public interest. I'm not saying that everything they say would be right in many instances. 
there is a wider picture that has to be taken into account uh, and I think that that is important and it's something that we have been saying for some time in terms of businesses and that uh, the point is they need to be uh, able to give frank advice uh, and it needs to be received with respect. That doesn't mean all of it has to be applied, but it needs to be received with respect. And that just didn't happen last night. I've never seen, well, not in recent years anyway, I've never seen uh, public servants treated like that uh, by a tarnished... But if they weren't prepared when they went in to meet the party leaders, it was said that they couldn't answer basic questions. They weren't prepared. That's their own fault for not being prepared. Well, like, I mean, actually, I think that's, I think that's an important point, Neil, but it actually brings it back to the point around businesses. So this is the government's own plan that it developed in consultation and effort. If the government felt that they weren't prepared, it was because government hadn't taken the actions on foot of their own plan. They had cut the PUP. They hadn't taken the chance over the course of the summer to increase capacity in our healthcare system. Like, we have hardly any more ICU beds than we did in uh, April or May uh, when we were beginning to scale up. Uh, and that time just wasn't taken. So, like, I mean, it's very clear that the, the economy, our health service, uh, the, the things that were needed to be prepared, those steps were not taken. But it was on I that basis that, that Neffet recommended level five, you see, was so that the ICU wouldn't be put under that kind of pressure going into the winter. Even on that basis, do you think, w- would you have still agreed to level three? Well, the, but Neffet has nothing to do with the PUP or the... Um, the wage subsidy or anything like that or the business restart grant or any of those infrastructure that's necessary. So, like, when, when decisions are taken that affect people's jobs, people's livelihoods, and, like, I mean, you know, we can talk about these in the abstract, but they're real things, and, you know, they, you know, that's whether you can pay a bill or not. That's whether you can pay a mortgage or not. It's the, you know, it's the difference of night and day for a family. If you're going to, to make, take decisions that affect things like that, you have to put up the scaffolding. You have to provide the protections for people. But actually what's happening at the minute is the reverse of that. You're seeing cuts to the PUP. You're like, I mean, there's no clarity on now that some businesses have had to reshot again. Will they be eligible for another business restart grant? Uh, you know, should we be looking at some kind of scheme like is in the north of a much greater capital sum, uh, a much greater upfront sum for businesses uh, to support them through this? So these are all the decisions that should have been taken. The reality is is that society wasn't ready for um, a level five. Uh, and the reason, though, for that is because um, the supports that are necessary for business, the supports that are necessary for workers, were not put in. On the contrary, they are being reduced. So there's, I think, uh, there's, there's no talk at all about POP or about 300 going to 350, or there's no talk about helping or some sort of a, a payment or a furlough payment for those that are about to be made unemployed this week. Incidentally, on top of all of that, the Gardaí are totally in the dark uh, as to what happens at midnight and their role to play in it. Are you aware of that? I am aware of that. We're like, I mean, I was, I was listening to a press conference last night and Stephen Donnelly wasn't able to answer the question about, you know, they were told that more resources were going to be there and, you know, that that wasn't yet determined. So, like, look, the Gardaí have a lot of powers. Um, you know, I think that... Well, they don't know, have the powers to break up um, uh, a gathering. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I, I think in the broader sense, they, they have a very wide range of legislative powers. What they don't have is clarity on how they're meant to apply them. I think the guards have, by and large, uh, done a very good job. Like, I mean, things like the Meals and Wheels at the start of it, supporting that and working with voluntary organisations, community organisations. They have a very important role in all this. But, like, like I mean, they can't make it up and they go along. That's the last thing that they would want to do. So they will need clarification on that. But coming back to your point about the PUP and the wage subsidy and things like that, no, there's no talk of that apart from 
from the opposition Sinn Féin and I'm sure some other opposition parties are saying it too we're going to be raising that we're going to be raising it this week in the dog we're going to be trying to put the pressure on and I hope I hope the government listens to us and I hope the government recognises that there are businesses that will shut tonight and don't know when they're going to reopen at the minute it looks like three weeks but like that's a difficult situation as well if they've, if they've already shut twice So for somebody uh, that will lose their job for the next three or four weeks uh, what are they supposed to do? Are they supposed to sign on? Well, sorry, they will qualify for for the payments. The point is, though, that the rates the, the rates of them are cut, but there's no, um, so you can qualify for the the schemes, all right. But there's like, I mean, they're not reversing some of the significant cuts, and the cuts were made yes. okay. on the basis okay. of the economy reopening. But what we don't know is whether there will be new sets of business restart grants for businesses that have already had to apply for them and put money into reopening, and now they've had to cut again. They've had to close again. So, like, I mean, realistically, there's not much reserves there and the business reset grant wasn't adequate in any event. Some some businesses that I know and I'm speaking to them, you know, their rates bill might have been relatively low because they have a low, you know, f- square footage in terms of their units, but they have a big enough, um, I suppose, number of employees and things like that and their costs were still significant and they're not getting much from the business restart grant. So that's a big issue as well. So look, these are all the things that need to be done now. There are businesses that are closing. I'm sure people are glad that it's not level five. Um, obviously, that uh, can't be ruled out. But for those who are, at, you know, who are closing, there's a bit of going to phase three. Yeah, but um, I mean, they they very little difference to them, and they need supports. Well, they hammered the wet pubs and they hammered the hotels, guest houses, B and Bs, cafes, restaurants. But they didn't lay a glove on off licenses and uh, didn't touch the drinks aisle of supermarkets. I mean, yeah, no. Well, look, I mean. I think it is very, very hard to take for those people, for those many families, and I, I've spoken to many publicans and people working with them. Like, obviously, you'd feel some sympathy for the for the customers, but like, I mean, the biggest loser are those families who rely on pubs Jobs. and restaurants for for their living. And like, look, I mean, I know their businesses, but for a lot of these people, like, there's not a whole lot, uh, there's not a whole lot of a profit margin, if any. You're often very much just breaking even. That's been the case in recent times, uh, and at the minute. They're facing a very uncertain future. I'm sure there's many people wondering whether they'll reopen at all. So in that context, it's not good enough um, that the PUP has been cut back, that there's okay. talk of additional restart grants. The other thing I'd say is, look, I mean, we are in a very precarious situation. Like, I mean, nobody is denying that. Like, I mean, in Cork, I've been raising the issue with the Minister for Health uh, last Wednesday about the low numbers of additional of ICU beds that are there. Like the fact that Mercy was asking people to stay away, stay away yeah, yeah. last week. Like that's very severe. We need additional hospital beds for Cork. But I would also urge people, like I mean, look, this isn't all about government. This isn't all about policy. Some of this is about what we can do ourselves. And I know the people of Cork have done huge work and have been extremely committed uh, and have shown great. Do you, yeah, n- do you have any comment at all? Because I think it is in your patch the uh, the the parade down Church Road at the weekend when the Rockies won the county final. Yeah, well, look, I mean, I suppose I don't particularly want to single out GAA clubs. I know that there are individual GAA clubs. I know that there was issues around the the country in terms of uh, celebrations and things like that. I understand how it happens. Uh, People who, you know, have been pent up and the frustrations of it, and then your club wins a county for the first time in a long time. I do understand the desire to celebrate. it isn't advisable, uh, and I would urge people, like, I mean, obviously the GA competitions have been closed down now, but I would urge people in future for any other sports events or anything like that 
please don't congregate. Okay. Uh, do the people of Cork do need to get back to uh, to the basics, I, and I know that it's been implied, and I, I think actually I have noticed an increase in the compliance of people wearing masks, keep people keeping their social distance, okay. people watching their hands. Okay, just we, need to, we need to build on that. Just finally, just one point here, an interesting text that says, please remind Donica, when, they, when we talk about disrespect, what about the disrespect that Neffet showed the government by leaking Level 5 recommendations on a Sunday night? I mean, that was a scurrilous thing to do, wasn't it? I mean, maybe that's why the party leaders were so annoyed, because the whole country was going to bed on Sunday night thinking, mother of God, what's coming down the track? Um, leaking that information was highly reckless and irresponsible, wasn't it? I agree, whoever leaked this, but I suppose we don't know who leaked it. Uh, that is the truth. Um, and, you know, like you would have contrary views as to whose agenda it suits and, you know, whose interests would be. Yeah, I but you don't, you don't announce or leak it. something ahead of telling the government. That's why they got so annoyed. Indeed, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like I mean, I, I'm not sure that that is necessarily the case. We don't know who leaked okay. this, but it shouldn't have been leaked. It okay. is, it is irresponsible to be leaking documents of that sensitivity. But I think the fact that we're even speculating as to who leaked it shows the situation that we're in. That there is a breakdown in relationships that isn't healthy. Not everything that Neffet says is gospel should be taken as that. Government has to make decisions. They have a broad remit, but they need to be treated with respect. But did they uh, make the right decision? Well, like, I mean, I don't... As I What's say, a yes or no answer? Is, Come on, it's a yes or no... I don't think the country was ready for level five, but what we need to do now is uh, we need to put in place the supports if... Okay. We get to a situation that it, that is absolutely necessary and there is no other option. I hope that never arises. We all have a job to do okay. in that, okay. uh, but we need to put in the supports. I take that as a guarded yes. Donica, thanks for taking the call. Appreciate it as always. Uh, Sinn Féin's Donica O'Leary at TD. We did invite Micheál Martin, Simon Coveney and Michael McGrath on the air this morning. None of them were available. I think they were having a uh, an 8 o'clock um, leaders meeting and I think then uh, a cabinet meeting at nine so that was the reason why uh, they're not in a position to talk to me this morning maybe tomorrow it'd be good to talk to Michael McGrath anyway because we've got the budget next week back after the break text the Neil Prenderville show now 086-8104-106 Red FM would you agree that there needs to be an immediate return to the original pandemic unemployment payment of 350 euro or perhaps even more maybe 400 euro like for instance the Vintners is saying this morning that another 50,000 people will be signing on this week and will lose their jobs, albeit hopefully temporarily uh, 50,000 more this week. The Hotel Federation is saying that 100,000 jobs in tourism and hotels uh, were lost already so far and now, from midnight tonight, more will go, perhaps another 100,000. So you're looking at 150 jobs in the coming days to go where people will have to take a pandemic payment of 300 euro. So I'm not even talking about the amount of jobs then on top of the 150 that will be lost in cafes uh, and restaurants uh, and scenarios like that. Claire Nash runs the very successful Nash 19. Claire, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Will it be possible for cafes and restaurants to stay open for outdoor and limited to 15? Well, I'm sure they'll be able to stay open as in keep their doors open. Um, but will it be possible? You mean, is it viable? Yeah. Uh, not. Um, there are several of us, as you know, we're here on Princess Street. And Neil, I, you know, I just want to start by saying we are, as a city, and as, you know, Cork Business Association, REI, we are very pleased that our towns and our cities, the retail spaces are open because 
level five would have just shut that down and just stopped the lifeblood into the city. But so is there any we, difference between level three and level yeah. five in your industry? For us, none. None. I, actually, that's what we were. I woke up to about 22 WhatsApp calls this morning or WhatsApp messages. Claire, what is this? We, as an association on the street, there are 10 of us and we really found it very hard to decipher what was the difference between level three, level five. What we're absolutely clear on now is that we can only have 15 people outdoors, even though some of us would be able to seat more outdoors. And, of course, you have a brighter morning this morning, but we will be heading into possibly bad weather. We are going to have our um, covering on the street, but it's going to be seven, eight weeks. From today, we're hoping to order today, believe it or not, and then we end up having to be on the street. So we might get a temporary, temporary covering. But, Neil, you know, on the back of how hard we have worked since July 1 and all the constraints that we have put in, the protocol that we've signed up for, the, the inspections that we've gone through, I really think it is a disproportionate punishment as such or you know just you know the ability to do business is just not enough for 15 people on the street and takeaway and you know the city we hope will will be busy because people realize now you're 11 weeks out to christmas they are going to hopefully get back into the retail shops and start buying and we're the glue of that you know we join and we make all that more a pleasurable experience those of us that open during the retail hours I just think it hasn't been thought out. Um, I'm here this morning with very glum faces in front of me, the street. You know, the whole place seems a bit oppressed. Um, what do I tell my staff? Well, what, does it, what, does it, what does it mean for staff? Exactly. What does it mean for staff? I've just hung up to Adrian Cummins from the Restaurant Association of Ireland to try to give me some clarity on it. I've asked for it in an email this morning. We've rung revenue, you know, just so that I would have something to tell you when I called you. That was actual fact. But what it means for staff is that we won't have jobs for them. You know, there are like to service an outdoor space of 15 people, really and truly, like you might need two people. And right now I have 12 people at work this morning I had 14 there's two of them gone off doing something but like I have no work for them for the end of the week from tomorrow on I have no work for them even if it's only on a temporary basis they're saying for three weeks Um, does that make you feel any more optimistic Yes, absolutely. But we need to reinstate the pandemic unemployment to 350, if not more. Because this is a little pocket of industry that is a huge employer in in the state, in the region. And also people not being able to travel within regions, within counties, that also limits who is going to come for your takeaway offerings. Like lots of us now, will scar- you know, we have a kitchen full of produce this morning that I'm trying to get cooked into ready meals, into, you know, parents and, um, and families and home occupiers being able to take it home as opposed to eat it in the restaurant or eat out at night. Here we go again. It's such a juggling act. So do you now have to call suppliers and say, terribly sorry, but I have to reduce my orders? They've all nearly called me, would you believe, this morning, because we've gone on a journey together. You know, our, our smaller producers really depend on us. And, you know, that small, small supplier, like we kick-started all together there in July. We did very well July and August, relatively speaking. September was tricky, and then the, the lockdown in Dublin came. And that just dried up any extra tourist or any extra yeah. vacationer. Yeah. And here we are. And, you know, Neil, you might say it's for three or four weeks. You're still having the back of your mind. Are you going to be locked down again? Are you going to be, you know, is it going to be increased? It was just left last night so unclear. And then the whole mumbo jumbo of the weekend. You know, we'd had a bad week last week wondering where we're going into any level or five or what was happening. Yeah. And then suddenly... 
um, you know, Nesset comes out with a mixed message or a leaked message, you know, we couldn't behave like that within our industry. But do, you, but do you feel your industry is being punished then? I do feel it's being punished. Now, I know and I appreciate the seriousness of you know, the whole pandemic and that this COVID thing isn't gone away, it is rampant, but we were really and truly behaving ourselves and unless there is evidence or evidential-based data that the restaurants were causing, the cafes, the restaurants, the hospitality industry were really causing these outbreaks, you know, I really beg to differ that, you know, that we, that we really shouldn't be punished. You know, I don't think we should. I think we've rolled it out really well. We've been diligent and fastidious in our in our um, in our restrictions, in our protocols, yeah. and here we go again. You know, okay. close tomorrow. Okay, I'll let you get on, Claire. Thanks, Thanks so much Neil. for taking the call. Bye. I know you're busy. Bye. Claire Nash at Nash Nineteen. Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. I'll pick up on your calls and texts and your own opinions and your interpretations on it and your thoughts as well. Uh, after ten, and indeed, in spite of all the COVID uh, restrictions and indeed the different levels we're in, we continue with take a break for Cork's sake in association with Cork City Suburban and County Hotels, and we have a lot of hotels on board and sometime between now and midday it's your opportunity to win another one of our breaks for two people two night bed and breakfast stay at one of our fabulous cork hotels and the ones we're featuring on air over the last couple of weeks and for some weeks to come include the kingsley the maldron in shandon jury's inn the ambassador the montanotti the metropole the radisson oriel house carrigaline court hotel vienna woods cork international hotel and silver springs so we'll have another one to give away between now and midday take a break for Cork's sake um, and uh, sometime between now and midday you're listening out for this here song this is your take a break for Cork's sake song don't wake me up if you're only gonna tell me to give All right, you'll hear that song in its entirety sometime between now and midday pick up the phone on one 106 and you will win one of the hotel breaks two nights bed and breakfast take a break for Cork's sake as we uh, endeavour to help the uh, Cork uh, hotel industry lines are open for all of the business on one 106 you can text 0868104106 lots of calls lots of texts Michael good morning good morning Neil. I'll plough through the calls so um, you want to just pick up on this leaking of information Sunday night yes I think it was in collusion with the government I think it was a ploy I think um, they all knew about the leak to put the whole country in fear and by doing so and by keeping us in fear all day Monday they, by stealth, brought in level three. So this would all have to be choreographed with all the main players in on it. Nefet, government, Taoiseach, Taunishta. Absolutely. No doubt in my mind. We're up to level three without the blink of a night. So you're saying, you're saying then that everybody got together and decided to leak it to frighten the public so that the public would go to bed Sunday thinking it was level five and then they'd go through the dance of meetings on Monday and slip in level three and we'd be happy with it. Isn't that what happened? Well, it, it, you could you could say that you could say that the government weren't in on the leak. They freaked out about it and put manners on Neffet on Monday. If anyone trusts this government... There's something very wrong with them. If anyone trusts them, there's something very, very wrong. Okay, okay. So the most corrupt government, I believe, in the history of, the, of this state. And give me one example of the corruption. I just did. <laughs> I just did. <laughs> but you can't prove it, you see. 
Exactly, yes. I, so, I agree with you so if you're talking about corruption, you need to be able to prove the corruption. Well, you can. If you're talking about level five, to put the country in fear, elderly people, senior citizens that just watch RTE, you can imagine the fear of them on a Sunday night. Yeah. They were held in that fear all day Monday. And of course, the government came to the rescue. That was the ploy. And what people don't realise, we're up to level three. Where did this come from? They could not possibly, they had no legal authority to put us up to uh, level five because the, the cases within the hospitals, we have the case numbers rising, but the cases in the hospitals could not justify level five. There was no justification for it. Okay, so so a blind man would see. You're saying a blind man would see that they frighten us with level five on a Sunday night to slip in level three on a Monday afternoon. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Let's let's see if anybody else agrees with your interpretation of it. No. What what I want to say to you is, well, Neil, you need you need to withdraw your scaremongering every day on the radio. Okay. Explain that to me. No, I'm, I'm I'm I do want to know what you mean by that. Please. I'll give you an example. My daughter's heavily pregnant. Okay. She was in a central food store outside Cork City. She has something that's very, very rare. She had a letter, not from her doctor, from a consultant, that she wasn't to wear a mask. She was abused by the manager. Um, he went down the store, came back up, ran up towards her. He, we know, have a complaint with the Gardaí. Right. It's been accepted as genuine. It's yeah. been put on the poll system. And I'm also, what I'm doing here this morning is, is putting you personally on notice okay. for, for being part of that bullying because you came on the radio and you said to people, for God's sake, put on your mask. You had no justification, no medical background just to make a statement like that. Mick Mulcahy came on and he put fear into people that couldn't wear masks for whatever medical reasons, and he said they could be held responsible for murder. So I'm now saying to you that I'm putting you personally on notice and Mick Mulcahy and Red FM for daily scaremongering and for adding to the bullying and harassment of people out there. You've pushed elderly people with medical conditions that cannot wear masks but are forced by listening to people like you coming on on a daily basis and scaremongering everyone. So you be, you would, okay, fair enough. I mean, you've said it a number of times and I'm I, I, happy to allow you to say it. There's, 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 there's complaints gone into the Gardaí. They've accepted them as genuine. I'm holding you personally responsible for the bullying and harassment that's going on out there. You were personally responsible and added to the harassment of my daughter. Mick Mulcahy... Well, you've said it already. No, it's okay, Michael. You've said it already. There's no need to say it a second time. It's okay. You're, bring, you're bringing... You misled the people on Monday morning. You said you had no one from Fianna Fáil or Fianna Gael to come on the show. Yeah. But you failed, and he's coming on uh, regularly, to mention Dr. Uh, uh, Sheehan as an ex-Fianna Fáil or mayor. What you does that matter? You misled the people. No, I didn't I mislead the people. I know you're like 
you're only you're only splitting hairs now. I mean, he was no, on as a medical no, professional. No, 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 I, when I was talking about uh, a TD or a cabinet member of Fianna Fáil or Fianna Gael, no, not a councillor. You, no you said you have no one from Fianna Fáil to come on. Mr. Sheehan is a Fianna Fáil member. I accept that. No, you have Dr. Noel O'Connor on there. If we had to listen to her advice, we'd all be locked up in the attics of our home. Okay, so, okay, fair enough. You're, okay, you're holding me responsible for scaremongering for saying that we all have a role to play in this and that is wash our hands and wear masks. So I shouldn't be telling people wash your hands and wear masks. What should I be saying? You, you should be following, you shouldn't be following the, the one-sided narrative. No, but I'm asking, I'm asking you, no, I'm asking you to tell me what I should be saying if it isn't wash your hands and wear a mask. It's not for me to tell you what to say, but what I am saying is... No, it is for you to tell me because you're holding me responsible for the harassment of your daughter. You're not coming, you're coming across me and I'm not finished at all yet. You have changed from the person I knew that I admired on radio and listened to every morning. And I know why the change, and so has Red FM. Because I tell you why, you've accepted a bribe from the government in the form of a... Uh, ah, that's, that's... That's rubbish. You've there's no one bribing. There's no... Now, come on. There's nobody you're bribing not, me. You're not an independent radio anymore. You, you're, so you listen this, to is all be, this is all because um, you have an issue with people wearing masks. No, I have an issue with you. Bullying people Clearly. on the radio on a daily basis, and Red FM is the same. On a daily basis, you're coming out. You're giving a one-sided narrative. I'm not giving. I'm not here. giving a one-sided narrative. I oh, endeavour every are. day to try and balance things as best I can. No, you don't. I give it. Well, if I had a one-sided narrative, you wouldn't even be on the air. But you didn't expect me to. But say I'd have cut I'm you off. I mean, you can cut me off if you want to. I'm not, no, I'm not going to. I'm going to bring the interview and the conversation to a, a, a decent conclusion at some stage without cutting you off. But I am always endeavouring to give both sides. Absolutely. No, if you were a listener, you wouldn't think so. Well, I mean, you that's for that's for people to make up their own minds. I'm only telling you I'm doing the best job I can to keep it as balanced as I can. I mean, I'm very sorry for what happened to... You sold out your independence to a bribe on taxpayers' money. You should have refused this and held your integrity as an independent radio. The government bought the So, so, so are you suggesting then... That um, that radio stations and people in media and areas like that should not get a pandemic payment or a pop payment for people who have been furloughed or temporarily laid off. For people, where does people laid off have to do? With? There's a, there's um, four people in this building. Normally, there would be upwards of sixty or seventy. But what are you suggesting? No, answer the question. What are you suggesting should happen to the people who aren't at work right now? Did did, uh, did the grant that you received did it put them back in work? There's, there's hardly there, there was hardly any no, advertising. We don't get. Hang on a second. But in fairness, we don't get license fee money, yeah, like RTE do. We don't get bailed out like you, RTE you, do. You, RTE you, will probably lose another fifteen million euro this year, and nobody. You, you've criti- you criticised yourself that we don't get bailed out like RTE do. You've accepted a grant from on taxpayers' money. It's to pay people's you, wages. You lost your integrity, that, uh, Michael. You're missing the point. It's to pay people's wages to keep people in jobs. Are they less entitled to that than everybody else? You can't do it on your own, Steve. You've been doing this without government support for years, but you. 
gladly grab the other, other, com- other companies and all other sectors of industry are taking government payments. Yes, they're all paid off. Everybody has the same mortgages. And, well, everybody's yeah, and paid off. Right. Okay. Go, the people you're bringing on, like Dr. Nula okay. O'Connor, am I right the name? Yeah. Follow the money trail. Okay. 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 Listen, I, I'm delighted to have caught up with you. Are, are we good? Are you happy that you've made your points? I don't most respect for you, but I've lost that. Listen to you daily. You've lost your integrity. Okay. okay. I put you on notice. There is a complaint for the Gabby. We will be following up. There's such a thing as class action. Are you threatening me now, Michael? I'm warning you. I, I, should I go see a solicitor? Do what you ever do what you want. What are you, you going to? What are you? What are you, what are you threatening me with? You're threatening me with legal action. Is it criminal action or something? I'm, I'm asking you to stop your scaremongering. No, no, I'm, I'm curious because because because, because do, people to put on the masses when people cannot do it for medical. I never reasons. said. I never said it's that. The, I never said that people who had medical dispensation should no, be forced no, no, to wear no, a mask. You're, you're twisting it. You said for, for God's sake, on your mask. Mick Mulcahy said. Okay, okay, all right. Okay, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. I did say that. Okay, so are you are you going to are you going to take a legal action against me? I'm not going to say that right here. But you're putting me. No, but you are putting me on notice of something. So I'd like to know what I'd like to know what to expect. From your bullying on a daily basis, telling people that they are responsible for the increase. You don't even know who you're saying it to. You came on there this morning. It's it's those that are not obeying the rules. You're you're you're, you're speaking a government narrative. Neil, you've got to understand. There's two sides to this. Oh, oh listen, I I fully appreciate there are two sides, and I try and do the best I can for both sides. On, I'll give you one. I'll give you one challenge, right? And it would bring my respect back to me, and I, I, I'll withdraw everything I said from you. No, don't withdraw anything. That's fine. You're entitled no, no, to say what you say, and you're entitled to. You're entitled please. to put me on notice of a, of a legal action or, or involving me in a criminal case. I'd fi- I'm fine with all of that. Neil, I don't need you to tell me what I'm entitled to do. <laughs> okay. Just listen to what I'm okay. saying. Bring on Dolores Cattle and Dr. Noel O'Connor, and I guarantee you one thing Dr. Noel O'Connor will not come on with Dolores Cattle. She was on the air three weeks ago, Dolores. Cameron. Yeah, no, no, I know all that. Bring on Doctor um, Doctor Noel O'Connor with Dolores Cahill, and I guarantee you. Dr. Noor O'Connor will not come on. Well, what's the point then if she won't come on? Anyway, Michael, listen, oh, yes. I, listen, I'm going I'm to move on, but I hope you're happy with uh, your opportunity on the air this morning. Is that okay? And I hope you stay listening and I hope you so, stay in touch. I well, appreciate, appreciate the opportunity. But obviously, you didn't know what I was going to say. But look, all I'm asking you, Neil, I'm, I'm, I'm probably a bit fired up now at the moment over what happened to my daughter, to be honest with you. Yeah, which you hold me responsible for, and, and, and that's upsetting, but... It's All I'm asking you, get back to the person you are. Cease the one-sided narrative. Don't be issuing people, uh, threatening people. Well, no, I won't, I'm wrong there, I'm saying threatening. Don't be telling people to put on the mask. Okay. They may have their reasons for not to. Okay, don't wear your mask. Okay, all right, thanks, Michael. Thanks, appreciate the call. one 850 106 text 0868-104-106. Lots of calls and texts after the break. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. And text 0868-104-106. Declan Corbett has the Corbett Court Hotel and Restaurant. Morning, Declan. Morning, Niall. Um, have you been talking with staff? Do you have to talk with staff? Do you have to temporarily lay off people? Of course, Niall. Uh, between our, both restaurants, from I and Charleville, we have over 100 people employed. 
So now we're going to have to put all these 100 people back on the pandemic payment, which is just 300 euros a week, which is absolutely disgraceful. You know, I'm very, very naive of it. And all the staff are very upset by it. And it's not just that night. It's, it's what happened the weekend. Yeah, you might remember on the 1st of July, I was on your show. Yeah. And I said at that, on your show that I was trying to contact Michal Martin that, I, that Tony Holden needed to be sacked. He was going to destroy the country. And what he's done the weekend, you know, he has put most of my staff in a state of panic. I had three different mothers with small children that rang me Sunday night in a state of panic. And they said that they heard that Tony Holden was going to put the, the country into level five. And they wanted to make sure the children had Santa for Christmas and they needed just to lay off. So they were within Cork City and Mitchellstown and Charlotte oh, and around yeah. tie shops trying to buy ties yesterday. So what that man done was just a pure disgrace. But do you feel then that you've been unduly punished as an industry? Well, absolutely, uh, Niall. And as bad and all as we are in the restaurant industry, I think the small pubs has been very badly treated, Niall. And like they, they've got absolutely nothing. And as bad and all as we were, we were allowed to open on the 29th of June. Okay, it wasn't as we would have light because yeah. we had less than half the seats we would normally have. Yeah. But I think the pubs have been disgracefully treated. And, and, and what's, what's absolutely laughable is the off-licenses are allowed to stay open. Even on level five, they're allowed to stay open. And the big problem, everybody knows that it's on you. I listen to your show every morning. It's house parties in the College Road and everywhere else. Um, can I just say, for the record, I believe in, 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 in the, but the fact now that Freshers Week is over, this year's Freshers Week, from my understanding of it, was a big, big success. And all credit to the students who would seem to have been listening last week, by and large, in fairness to them. Now, I don't know if that's going to change as we head into the college season per se, uh, but just on the issue of students, they get a bum rap a lot of the time, and I think they... By and large, played ball last week. That's, that's yeah, just my understanding. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. But do you accept, would you accept that wet pubs are indeed anywhere where people gather? Um, you know, whether it's a restaurant, we heard of anecdote, but well, we actually heard of evidence last week um, where in, in one particular restaurant where two people had come down to Cork by all accounts to visit ended up infecting over 30 or 40 people because they sat in uh, a, a restaurant scenario um, having tested positive. If I could just answer the rest of them on first night, who said that? Nippet said it. Yeah. And uh, Dr. Roland Lynn. I'd have no more confidence in these guys, no more than the men in the moon. These guys don't know what they're talking about. They're constantly hitting the pubs and the restaurants. I would not. But they found, they found those numbers through contact tracing, apparently. Uh, they said that, Niall. I okay. don't believe them. All right. And Niall, just going back to the young people, I've got time for the young people. And yes, I think they are very disciplined. And I think they are very good, Niall. But what I'm saying is, if the off-license was closed and all the pubs allowed to open, the pubs are well managed. The young people want to go to pubs. They don't want to stay at home. They don't want to be uh, with house parties and buying drink from off-license. So I think it would be much better if off-license was closed. Every pub was allowed to open. And that weekend, the pubs allowed to open until 1 o'clock in the morning. They are very strictly managed. But then what do you do with people then who want to get a drink from an off-license because they're, they're uncomfortable going into a pub or a restaurant scenario? They wouldn't be in entitled to have a bottle of beer or a bottle of wine at home then? 
Well, we could have it everywhere, Niall. I do think, I have great time for older people, I do think that there should be some restriction on off-licence, even if it was, say, okay. for over 30 years of age, only to allow to go into an off-licence. There should be some restriction. You see, Niall, you must remember this. The reason there's not a restriction in the off-licence is because it's owned by the big multiples, Dunn's, Stores, Tesco, and they have a big clout. But the small pub down in Ballyporeen or anywhere else, yeah, okay. they have, they have oh, that's no... that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. They're not getting the respect. Yeah. Somebody did say if you closed all of the off-licenses and closed all of the uh, drink aisles and supermarkets and closed all of the pubs and everything and cut off a supply of alcohol, it would lead to a spike in people taking drugs. Well, of course, Niall, you know, there's two sides to it. But what all this is doing, I think it's just badly managed, as I said. Now, I'd have to say, what Michael Martin done yesterday, not listening to Tolly Holden, I have great respect for him, and I think Michael Martin prove for once and for all he's a great leader because he, he stood up against Tony Holohan. But uh, Niall, if you look at the, the amount of depression and the amount of suicide that's in the country at the moment, and it's all because of these lockdowns. And I think that the pubs have been given, you know, we're not really a pub now, I'm not speaking for myself, but the pubs have been given a great service. Like these people that are able to go out. Like look at, as I said, all the suicides. Look at all the depression, you know, that people are going through. It's, it's shocking. I think it's just very badly managed now. And I don't okay. think for once that, that there shouldn't be listen to nippers. You know, these crowd to me, I wouldn't call them nippers, I call them, them muffets. They shouldn't be listened to. I think it's lay people that should be listened to. You know, as I said, I think Neil Martin... And efforts are medics. Martin. They have a medic role. They have a role with regards to uh, the health of the they, nation. They, they, they have, now, but these guys are all on 3,000 euros a week, roughly wages. Okay. They're not worried about my 100 staff going on 300 euros tomorrow. All right, thank you for that tech. Now let you get on. Put out the fire. Declan Corbett at Corbett Court Restaurants, Charleville and Fromoy. Text 0868104106. So do some text just ahead of the break. Why can't people, and this is just the text, this is not me talking. Why can't people, uh, why, why can't people who can't wear face masks wear a visor? People need to start thinking of others and not just themselves. Is he for real? Neil, responsible for his daughter's condition? Uh, Michael, um, incidentally, there are people who do support him. Uh, this man has a point. Neil recently told us that we could kill our grannies if we get COVID-19. Uh, hi, Neil. You have a right and a duty to advise people on public health advice for all our good, says Jerry. Uh, Lisa says, get that man off the show. No, I will never do that. I actually encourage calls like that. I have no issue in the wide earthly world with what Michael has to say about how I present this program. None, believe me. In fact, I encourage it, to be quite honest with you, because that, is, again, is me trying to give a good example of balance. Uh, who appointed Neffet? What qualifications do they have? Uh, who allows them to call the shots? Um, there are many other texts like that and many more besides. Here's another few of them. Does Danico Dan- Dan- Callanry want, want us to believe that he didn't listen to his leader before coming on the air? Well, he said he didn't. She was on Morning Ireland. He said he didn't hear it. Fair play to Leo Varadkar. At last, at long last, somebody is standing up to the wacky scientists. Uh, and another one. Well done, Varadkar. It was completely disrespectful by Hulahan in how the matter was handled, perhaps on, on Sunday night. What a shame that our government chose to ignore medical advice. The whole place should be locked down. They are only delaying the inevitable. They are a disgrace and are more interested in the economy than saving lives. Uh, One or two more. I think they should not go to level three, but stay at level two. They need to reopen Dublin. We're all on our knees. My colleagues and I are going to be put out of work early next year. Thank you to the government for closing us down. I'm so angry, so stressed and feeling really depressed thinking of 2021 and being unemployed. There are only cases, not deaths. 
Um, if Tony Houlihan had any, any credibility left after the cervical smear debacle, then he then it's all gone now. Varadkar made that clear on national television last night. Morning. I tuned out, I tuned out of the program. Neil referring to level three as a lark is shocking. No wonder we are as we are. Populist rubbish again from him. Text 0868104106. Back after the break. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM. Interesting point from Richie. He says, in wake of this wear a mask or you could kill your granny rubbish during the rounds, I'm curious as to why we hold people morally and in the eyes of some legally... Michael, that is, legally responsible for the spread of COVID, yet never did the likes with the, regards to the flu, which kills hundreds of people every flu season, even with a vaccine. Why are we moralizing one disease and yet not another? Keep those texts coming. Text 0868 106 And we'll go back to our phone lines now and get blasting through calls. Christopher, good morning. Hello, Neil, it was actually Martin, Christopher Martin, but Martin is the name. All right, kid. But I'm just listening there about that gentleman that was on with you there. No, he's on about his daughter having health issues or whatever that she can't wear a mask. And she has a letter from her doctor in fairness, and she was handled very badly in that supermarket. I'd, I'd agree with you. But both my wife and my, uh, and, you know, we're in our, in our late 60s and we, like, my wife has health issues, I have. But we wear our mask constantly in, in areas like that. Now, does that gentleman, does he not realize that his daughter actually going into an environment where people are wearing masks or even some are not wearing masks that he's putting his daughter and she's putting herself at risk and especially her unborn child. I hope everything goes all right. But she her. has to shop. But, I mean, she has to buy she, necessities. Oh, she does. She does. But she doesn't. You can get people to do that as such, as far as I'm concerned. Like his, his points about that you're, 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 I've obviously, you said, said this yourself, that you're a bit thick skinned, fair dose you've turned around and you've more or less definitely handled it unbelievably well. But I'm just saying, he's on about and of the doctors and the scientists and all these people being wrong. Now, the, the government for donkey's years were led and said by this Catholic church. Now, who was right and wrong there? This is the same thing as far as I'm concerned saying that the doctors and the, the scientists, they're all wrong and the government is right on what they're doing. Okay, but, okay. But, but if you look at the figures for Cork, right, and we've done that over the I, past fortnight, um, and if you go back, say, to, let me just rattle them out here, go back to the 22nd yeah. of September and come right up to the 5th of October. So starting oh. on the 22nd of September, 34 21, 34, 32, 36, 54, 27, 40, 60, 47, 61, 46, and 55. So just look at, say, for instance, Sunday's figure, uh, yesterday's figure, 53. There are 53 people tested positive with COVID-19. And they've shut down huge sections of the Cork economy. I mean, think about that, like... Oh, I would agree with you. And they're on about level three, level four. No deaths. Personally, it doesn't bother me what level they go. No, but like fifty-three cases and no, fifty-three cases and no deaths, and yet, yeah, thousands of people will be losing their jobs at midnight tonight. I am just thinking about losing the jobs. It's it it is uh, uh, unbelievable. And to my my kids and my grandkids and yours, this will be suffered down the line for donkey's years. I understand that, but I I, I personally think that we have to obey what the doctors and agree with what the doctors and the scientists are telling us. They're the experts. But there, there comes a time when, when the economy and people's mental health and people's jobs and the ability to oh, put a, food on the table becomes 
equally as important or maybe even more important than somebody getting a virus. Since March and Susan, my wife have obeyed everything. We've been we've stayed in. We've done this and that. It is a very, very, very hard situation. But it really is a question of do we have relationship to, relationships are tested at the very, the very end. We've got to we've got to stay with this, and I personally think that we will. It, it, it could be it could be another year, could be another year and a half. But we've got to try. And, I know get cut the figures, obviously, by putting levels there, level three, four or five. Okay. But we've got to do it. But all I'm saying is that we've got to follow the advice. And, the, and, you're, and you're suggesting that if you have underlying health conditions, you shouldn't be in an area if you can't wear a mask. No. Okay. Yes. Okay. I, but that's right. If you, no, no, what I, I'm saying is that that uh, man's daughter who is pregnant and uh, everything like that, she should, if she feels that she can't, she can't wear a mask even with a medical condition or whatever, she should not be known, especially if she's pregnant. Not alone is she putting herself at risk, she's putting her child at risk. Okay, but Christopher Martin, thanks for that. Appreciate it. I see the government has bottled the decision by an effort to enter level five restrictions. To me, this is a grave mistake and one that they will deeply regret. The vast majority of immunology experts agree with Neffet. Michal, Leo and Eamon have buckled under pressure imposed upon them by IBEC. We will still have to enter level five, according to the experts, eventually. What Neffet were trying to do was to try and stay ahead of the virus by taking pressure off the hospital system. Uh, that same system will now be swamped. Leo Varadkar threw Tony Houlihan under the bus last night, and for that alone, he should forever hang his head in shame. Martin Varadkar and Ryan and their parties have the nation's blood on their hands. More lives than necessary will now be lost, and more people will suffer long-term illnesses because of their decision. To those of you that ignored the call to abide by the rules, but couldn't be bothered shame on you as well four weeks is all Neff had asked for uh, and we could have had somewhat normal Christmas but now I fear I could uh, we could get we could be in trouble for not suppressing the disease schools are now getting more and more cases reported for both teachers and kids nursing homes are creeping in with more cases kids from schools are bringing her home as are adults Mark my words, Neil, the black clouds are only over the hill. No matter what way Michal dresses this up, he and his cohorts bottled it just when we needed strong leadership. I hope I'm proven wrong, and no doubt the keyboard medical experts will tell you I'm wrong. But like the old saying goes, time will tell. And that by email from Anthony to neil at uh, redfm.ie. Well, certainly, no matter what we look at it, uh, restaurants and cafes, hotels and pubs, also got thrown under a bus uh, yesterday and amongst them was uh, the venue bar Con Dennehy's pub in Ballantemple. Morning, Con. Morning, Neil. It's been too long. How have you been? I've been very well. And yourself? I'm good, thank you. Disappointing very news, good. though. Yeah? It is very disappointing news and uh, I'm, like, I'm disappointed for, for, for a lot of pubs that have been putting in a huge effort uh, to run their places very, very well. I know all my colleagues have been running their pubs like the German army practically insofar as that they've been making sure people sanitised, making sure people kept apart, making sure people uh, uh, had the contact tracing and all of that. And I would, I would suggest that if the pubs had been left open with supervision 
and with with uh, with good policing from the, by the publicans, you probably wouldn't have had all the house parties that that uh, that we had. No, I'm not suggesting that you're going to eliminate all the house parties, yeah. but it would certainly have diminished the need to have them. That's a very interesting um, point you make because Michael Donovan in the Echo, he's chairman of the VFI in Cork, and he also has the castle. Um, he, he's saying um, that for the first time in his, in his life, he's not enjoying going to work. He's not enjoying opening the pub because he's on tenterhooks following all of the guidelines yeah. and the sanitation and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I can I can totally empathise with that because I mean I mean I, I we opened on the twentieth of July, um, uh, with with food and I have to say that I was walking on eggshells. I was visited by the Gardaí, I suppose like twenty twenty plus times, yeah. uh, and they all they found every time that they were very professional and very polite and very courteous. Uh, they had their they had they had their inspections and they found me thankfully to to be to be uh, complying with everything that was necessary uh, and, uh, and and went on their way but the point of making is as I said if the pubs were allowed to stay open and stagger the opening hours or sorry my apologies stagger the closing hours yeah. because we don't want people going out on the streets at the same time uh, and stagger the closing times you know it, it would eliminate a lot of it in actual fact because the public will police it Now you technically can stay open but do you think many will because you know they're saying it'll only be outdoor and up to 15 people is it possible? Yeah we we, 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 we can technically stay open uh, and I, I would hope to stay open uh, for 15 people because I have a fairly big back area beer garden as you know and uh, I can accommodate people socially distanced but would you make uh, any money? You see, that's the thing. No, no was the short answer. And the only reason we would we would consider doing so uh, is to facilitate people that are single, elderly single people that are uh, living alone and stuff, and and suffer greatly under the lockdown. I can tell you, uh, and their mental states when they when they when they did eventually come back into the pubs, they were shy. They were literally, uh, you know, not used to company. Mm. Uh, and I think it's a shame that that these people were kind of deprived of their, you know. They were what like a shell of their pub. former selves, were they? Yeah, you see, what happens in a pub like ours in 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 in, in effect, in Neil, is that the pub becomes their people's front room, and uh, you know, it's their it's their living area, it's their it's their home, it's their you know, it's, it's where they feel most comfortable. You know, it is like cheers, like where everybody knows your name. Yes, yes, and uh, and that's the comfort in that. Because if you look at God forbid, like the amount of suicides and depressions that have taken. Over it has taken its toll even higher than the COVID practically uh, in, in in society over the last over the last seven or eight months nine months you know yeah. it's, it's absolutely terrible yeah yeah I see the elm tree have decided to um, not to open they say this morning that following the government's announcement to prevent further spread of the virus we'll close after tomorrow's service until further notice. Uh, we'll continue to bring you uh, Elm Tree at home on Thursdays through Sunday. So they're going to do takeout. They wanted to say thanks yeah. to their loyal customers who stood by us and hopefully we'll see you soon. So that's just the first of probably many who are just going to temporarily yeah, halt, yeah. don't you think? Yeah, you see, it is, it is, and I think it's going to devastate pubs that, that have no outdoor space. And, uh, I mean, let's face it, you're not going to be sitting in, in a cold uh, in October, stroke November. No, no. Uh, with, you know, it, it's just not viable. It's not, you know, no, it's it, it, it's not viable for us to do it either. But we would hope to, would by appointment, uh, do it uh, uh, for, for, for just the, the 15, and that's it. Uh, for, it for it does seem days. quite harsh. I visited um, a supermarket, a large supermarket on Sunday afternoon afternoon and it was rammed with people and the aisles were rammed you couldn't get up and down them everybody was on top of each other cheek to jowl and I couldn't help but thinking wow is this really actually safer than say being in a pub 
it's obviously not, and and you know, I mean, look, you know, there were there were there were reasons for for the for the pandemic that increased was that you know the, you know the government didn't. This is not the first time the government didn't take dentists' advice, as I understand that they were advised by dentists back in back in April or whatever to close the airports, and they didn't do it, and then they allowed people in from places like Chicago and and uh, Miami, and they were flying into Dublin in their thousands, and there was nobody tracing them, there was nobody stopping. And there was yeah. nobody doing anything. Yeah. Went, people anecdotally went right through Dublin Airport, yeah. and they weren't even asked where they were going. We know that you this know, is I mean, three. We know that this is proposed to be three weeks, but if it's any longer, you know the consequences for people's jobs is is, is really front and center, isn't it? People are going to be laid off today, aren't they? Very much so. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I mean, I, my heart goes out to the staff in restaurants and pubs all over, all over, all over the country. This is, this is, this is, this is a death knell. It's a death knell to the staff. God love them, and it's a death knell to the pubs, especially kind of like old, you know, pubs that that have no outdoor space or you know that are that are in debt or or whatever. I, I, I just think it's, you know, it's it's all it's overkill in a way, and I think it's not thought through. And you know, a load of mixed messages coming out, and God knows what it is. It's a, it's a train crash, you know. Okay, thanks, Con, for taking the call. Appreciate it as always, uh, Con Dennehy at uh, the venue in Ballant Temple. Uh, lines are open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Why not move to level? Why not move to level three? Last night, all they've done now is let people have a party tonight. I bet you we'll be talking about big crowds and pubs. Uh, on tomorrow's programme uh, for the big last hurrah is it the big farewell tonight at midnight interesting I don't think that that will happen because I think the publicans won't allow it to happen they'll still limit the amount of people in it'll still be very much sanitised and regulated um, if government are not taking the advice of Neffet who are they now taking advice from we've lost the run of ourselves ignoring medical and science uh, so now the government will get what they deserve and that is a forced lockdown very shortly. Uh, all of us are paying the price because politicians couldn't sort out the health system. That is the truth. Morning, Neil. If masks don't work as many think, then why does Japan with 40 times our population of hundreds of less, have hundreds of less deaths than we have and they always wear masks? Uh, Neffet had to leak what they thought was right because if they went to the government first with their concerns, they knew they would be shot down like they were yesterday. Um, when the stuff hits the fan in a few weeks' time with COVID, at least Tony Houlihan can hold his head high and say, I told you so. And then the government will go to level five. These are texts, guys. Texts to 0868104106. Martin's on two. Martin, good morning. Hi, Neil. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Um, share with me the story involving your son, if you will. Yeah, like, to be honest, Neil, I'm a little puzzled. I, I, I don't know what's going on. My son was working... Uh, last week with a guy that was in close contact with him. Um, <clears throat> subsequent to this, this guy must have had some ill effects or something. He went for a test. I'm not too sure when, but my son went back to work yesterday and he was told yesterday, oh, so-and-so has been diagnosed as positive with COVID. Go home and contact your GP. So rang our GP, um, gave him the story, and basically the GP said, okay, fine, go home self-isolate, it'll take between four and seven days for the HSE contact tracers to contact you to let you know what the next steps are. Yeah. That's a long right. time, isn't it? Yeah, like you're talking there about, you know, about people, you know, suffering depression and stuff like that. So so my son, yeah, okay, look, it's COVID. It's not, a, it's not a terminal disease, thanks to God, but at the same time, he's sitting there now, potentially for four to seven days, can't go outside the door, can't socialise, can't do anything and you know, you know, the social interaction is gone for four to seven days. Mm. 
Mm. Could he not yeah. go for a test? I don't think you're allowed to go, Neil. I think you have to be sent by, by either the HSC or the GP. I don't think you can actually just present for a test. I'm not too sure, but I don't think you can. I think he could get a test, all right. If he was in contact or in close contact with somebody who tested positive, he'd be a priority. Go out to the Mallow Road. They told him wait for four to seven days. It'll be at least four to seven days before the contact tracers contact him with the next steps. That's what they told him. So uh, I don't know. Look, if he can present, he's in Blackpool. If he can present to Mallow Road, no problem. He can go out there. But I don't believe you can present just like that. I think you have to be referred. By his GP? I, I'm not too sure, Neil. I, it's just, you know, again, it's the confusion around all this. I, I don't actually think you can present. I think you have to be referred by, by either the HSC or the G. Well, I just was talking to somebody last week, and he just spontaneously went out um, because he said he had a bit of an old cough and he wasn't sure about where he was at with it. And he just went out in his car. I've also spoken to some people on the air here who just went out in their car, out to the Mallow Road. You don't get out of the car. Um, mm-hmm. Did the test, the swab, and all that kind of stuff. And then... Um, Within 36 hours, the uh, results came back to them. Came back to him as negative. So, well, sure. if that's the case, I, I think I'll, I'll be getting on to him and tell him to do that. But as I said, he was told. Let you. me let me just get some clarification on it. I'm quite sure mm-hmm. that that somebody will get in touch with me, and if they don't, I'll check it out. But I would think that's the way to go if you've been in close contact with a positive case. You would. Yeah, I, I look. I thought the same because, as I said, I, I, there's a lot of confusion around this. But my understanding was that you had to had to be referred by a GP or else the contact tracers had to refer you. And he's not showing any symptoms or anything, is he? No, not so. Well, I won't say depressed. It's the wrong word to use. Ah, yeah, you, know, a, yeah. he, he, you know yourself. Fed up, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. And yeah, does it exactly. mean that the rest of you in the house also have to uh, hunker yeah, down? I sat on the couch for him Sunday and watched football and a hurling game that I didn't want to see the end of. And to be truthful... <laughs> <laughs> we're we're all in the same situation now saying, well, we were with him in the front room here watching this hurling game that went the wrong way and watching the Man United game, which went the wrong way as well. So You're a Glenn yeah, man, are you? Are you a Glenn man? Yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know, we all behave ourselves properly when we celebrate Neil. You know? <laughs> the Glenn does it right. Well, the, yeah. You weren't celebrating, that's why. <laughs> No, because the better team won, Neil. To be <laughs> Fair play to you. Yeah, well, you're magnanimous in defeat. Yeah, all right, well, let's just check out the protocol when it comes to testing, all right? All right. Perfect. Cheers, Martin. Thanks Take care. Time. Take care. Lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Text 0868-104-106. Pick up the phone. Um, at the end of the day, we're going to learn to live with this, and the elderly and the vulnerable should quarantine if they feel at risk. People's mental health is suffering. Suicide rates are up, and this is just the beginning. What about when more people start losing their jobs and more businesses closed? I lost a family member this year. Having to deal with that as well as COVID has really affected my mental health. I wear a mask. I abide by the rules. But honestly, what do they expect us to do? Lock down the whole country every time numbers go up? Uh, we should take the Swedish approach, approach and learn to live with this virus. It's not going anywhere anytime soon, says Sarah by uh, email. And Ross says, has anyone made the connection with masks and the number of cases? Since the increase of mask wearing, the number of cases has gone through the roof. Well, I'm not so sure about through the roof now, uh, but I take your point. Why are the media treating cases almost as if they are deaths? There also seems to be no mention that people in the vast majority of cases show no signs of symptoms. Is it any wonder the public are pushing back on the restrictions as much uh, of what we are told because much of what we are told makes no sense, says Ross. Well, Trump walks amongst us again, doesn't he? I mean, what were they given that guy? 
I mean, look, with regards to his age and his weight and a COVID positive, um, I know they pumped all sorts of trial drugs into him, but he just, I mean, he's not out of the woods yet, but he sailed through COVID, didn't he? He really did. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Just heard it all now. Neil, a publican saying open the pubs for mental health and to help people with depression. Alcohol has killed tens of thousands of people. Alcohol is the number one killer. Alcohol consumption leads to depression, suicide, accidents, domestic violence, and so on and so on. Open the pubs to sort out all of life's problems. Give me a break. What is the point in restricting pubs if off-licenses can trade away as normal? This is where the cases are coming from. I work in a retail setting and can't come on due to fear of losing my job. But the chain of supermarkets I service on a daily basis are an absolute joke. And it's shocking to see cases of beer costing 16 euro going out the door like it's party central. Uh, thank you for that. Um, with regards to testing and getting tested, I see Tina there saying, just back from the Mallow Road after a COVID test, I found out I was in contact with a positive case on Sunday. Um, so she actually did go for a test. Is that a call or do you want me to just read out that text? Um, contact tracing, Neil, is five days behind. You have to wait to be called for a test. My friend tested positive two weeks ago and it took five days before her husband and children and close contacts were actually sent for a test. So appreciate that. Um I'm going to get some clarification on that because uh, it uh, it might lead to confusion otherwise if I don't clarify it. So I hope to do that uh, and maybe have an opportunity to talk to Tina on it as well. But just ahead of the 11 o'clock news, I'm taking time to write this to ask the people of Cork and the media. Um, could, uh, could you take a second to think about every side of the COVID life that we're now living? The stigma, the whispering, the rumours and the lies that are following COVID need to be highlighted. We had a case at a local school, and this meant everyone on the pod in his school had to be tested and held out of school for 14 days, as per the HSE guidelines. The bullying these families received is unthinkable. Phone calls and text messages asking if they should be at work or asking should they be at school. People asking if the parents should be out shopping and calling them the COVID families. An utter disgrace. These kids were tested as close contacts and all the families followed the guidelines clearly. Imagine for one second being 10 years old and being treated like a prisoner. It's not easy for them at all and I truly believe they need the respect of the community. All we hear about on the radio is teenagers out partying and not a single mental health doctor to explain the mental strain on these kids. There's no compassion for these kids who li- whose lives have stopped. It's easy for a 40-year-old with small kids to be happy watching movies at home. They've already had their time, and it's the current kids and teens who are struggling. Before everyone moans, I'll add that we all know how serious this is, but in the mental health, in the mental health teen children and teens, it's also very, very serious. Maybe it might be helpful if people could be educated about this. COVID will affect and touch most families at some time, at some time. The way a town gossip shows how uneducated on COVID we are. Um, the people who have tested positive and out in isolation need to be thanked for being the careful ones. Plenty have symptoms and don't get tested as the stigma or family shame is too much for them. They don't tell anybody they're positive. The person in isolation should not be shamed and there shouldn't be guilt associated with having COVID in the community. It could be your son or your daughter who picks it up. Please be kind because I am more worried for the victims. And that by email to neil at uh, redfm.ie. Um, and then there are other emails actually um, with regards to students and student parties and, uh, you know, 
actually some of the emails are quite complimentary to students and the way they behaved over Freshers' Week, which is which is good to see. Uh, pick up the phone, one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. We'll pick it up after eleven with Tesco. But right now, we head back to the newsroom and Lana O'Connor. One zero four to one zero six. Red FM. This is the Neil Frienderville Show. Trump's out of hospital. Uh, when was the last time Trump said anything that was ever proved to be true, Neil? He's now come up with the perfect excuse to lay low, get sympathy, and then stage a, a remarkable recovery so he can claim COVID-19 is no big deal. It's all very convenient for Trump four weeks before his election. It's a publicity stunt to prove that the pandemic is not a real threat. He gets out of debates and interviews, and then he also doesn't have to explain why he only paid €750 Euro in income tax. Well, it's remarkable what you're saying because... That's kind of what Trump is saying now. He actually said this morning that he thinks he's now immune. And he says, don't fa- don't lie down. We can beat COVID-19. I beat it like he's a superhero. And he figures he might get votes out of it. Um, and there's more on Trump. I, uh, I totally disagree with anybody who suggests that Trump infected himself. I think Joe Biden's camp infected him. Please urge your callers to look up Joe Biden on Google. <laughs> Come on. I'm an American citizen. And after applying to vote for my country... Uh, I will be voting for Trump. Uh, everything your caller on the air, Aoife, said is true. It's very annoying to hear everyone always bashing him when they haven't done their research. He is the best president America has had in a long time. What I love about him is that he's not rehearsed. He says what comes to his mind and what he wants, even if it annoys people. At least he's not a fake. Uh, and just one final one, Trump. I wonder, does Trump really have COVID-19 or is this another tactic to get political gain during the election uh, by coming out with new promises as an injured hero who suffered with the disease directly and somehow winning the sentiments of the voters? Well, if it's a tactic, doesn't it mean that um, he'd have to have all the doctors on his side? One texter is saying that. Um, With regards to people who comment about Trump having the doctors on his side, if indeed it was fake news that he actually had COVID, just remember the White House doctor uh, once came out in front of the cameras and stated that Donald was the healthiest president ever and that he couldn't get over how fit he was. Uh, This is the same president who basically only eats fried chicken and burgers. Um, And this is true, Neil, because Trump has stated it himself. He could definitely sway a doctor to lie for him. I think it's quite interesting because I've seen Trump eating fried chicken. I mean, who I, who eats fried chicken with a knife and fork? Well, Trump does. Anyway, thanks for those. Keep them coming. Back to the phone lines we go. Aaron, good morning. Hi, Neil. How are you? I'm good. Uh, you are a wedding photographer. I was talking yesterday with a wedding singer. So you've been seriously impacted. And even more so now because there's been a, a reduction with regards to weddings, isn't there? Up to 25 guests now. Yeah, so, so like been- I do weddings and events. And obviously, like, this would have been my busiest summer to date. And obviously, you know, we're not in summer anymore, but this summer was wiped out. All the weddings were rescheduled. Um, some then were clashing with other weddings and led to cancellations and whatnot. And then obviously yesterday's news again is just, it's damaging for the, for the business. But in spite of that news, you do sound very optimistic. Well, like, the way I'm looking at it is, at the end of the day, the virus is there. Um, there's nothing we can do about that other than trying to get rid of it. And I think we have to listen to the professionals. So whatever they kind of say is something that we just need to go with and see what happens. But is there is there any room at all for the argument that people make that if you're vulnerable or you're elderly, you need to mind yourself and we need to mind people who are vulnerable and elderly and immunosuppressed or what have you. And then that the rest of us then need to get on with their lives and the economy needs to open because 
the price that's being paid now is a lot more than just contacting contracting COVID. Yeah, no, like I, I do get it. Um, yeah, obviously, like the older people and whatnot are a bit more susceptible to getting it, and it's more damaging for them. Um, but look, everyone has family. Like I am going to see my grandparents. Everyone wants to see their grandparents, their parents, and whatnot. And for us to completely get rid of the virus, we do need to just listen to the health professionals and try and get on with the best we can. Yeah. So it's public health first, not businesses or jobs. Um, I wouldn't slam them for their decisions. It's something that, look, they've never been in this boat before. Um, if they make a call, I think we need to go with it and then learn from it if it's wrong. And that, like the point being made is that social and family gatherings now in your home or your garden is a maximum of six people from one other household, right? Yeah. Um, and, and that's in an effort to cut down on house parties. Mind you, you know, that could still be two households, for instance, maybe it could be 10 yeah, or 12 yeah. people. That's still a house party and the booze is still coming from the off license. But at the same time, somewhere that's very heavily regulated, a pub, a cafe, or a restaurant is shut. Yeah, it's yeah. I just think that like there's yeah no. There's, it just there's doesn't make sense. Yeah, and they just need to. I think the guards need to obviously do a bit better in terms of finding the problems, dealing with the problems. But the guards don't of, know. The guards today have no. Michal Martin said that there would be extra. Um, uh, powers and they would be they would be becoming they'd be getting tougher on people who are not playing ball but and the guards have no idea what that means yeah so that's where the government need to actually give them the powers to do it like the guards need to obviously it's the guards are what protect us the guards need to be given the laws or given the the power to be the power to be able to actually calm down on things if people are doing stuff in the pub that they shouldn't be doing, staying beyond the hours, whatnot, then... There's no, but there's no real evidence of that, like... Yeah, it's... I know, it's a bit... I know, I mean, I, I, I don't want to be tearing strips out of your out, out of your point of view, but I, I would have thought that pubs would be the safer place to be. Uh, very possible, if they're adhered to, like... Or a, a restaurant or, or a cafe where there's distancing going on and lots of sanitation. Yeah, yeah, of course. Like once everyone is actually adhering to what we're being told by the professionals, we should. But I think a lot of people are flouting the rules, which is kind of the problem. Yeah, yeah. Um, when do you think that uh, weddings will will come back up to the numbers that you've been used to next year? Oh, I couldn't even say. Like, the, I think the biggest problem now is a lot of weddings are. It's all about the build up to the wedding. Everyone loves the build up, and right now it's just no one knows when their own wedding is going to happen. Uh, like. For example, now I have a wedding in two weeks' time. I'm still talking to that person, and we don't know if that wedding is going ahead. That's it. So yeah. she can't enjoy yeah. the build up to that wedding. Yeah, yeah. And like we might not know until three or four days before the wedding that we could be in level four, level five. And has that happened like to you where you've ahead. had bookings that cancelled? Oh yeah, all my summer weddings were not that they had to be cancelled, but again because people weren't too sure, they just said we're better off to cancel and reschedule. When we can have bigger numbers and a more safe scenario. Yeah, yeah. Okay. and just know that they can actually enjoy it properly. 
Fair play to you, Aaron. Thanks for taking the call. Appreciate it. Lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Emma Hill was out and about this morning. She went to Wilton Shopping Centre. Why? Well, to ask the public about the government's decision to move to level three and how Cork people feel about them not taking Neffet's recommendation of putting us into level five. So this is from uh, Emma at uh, Wilton Shopping Centre this morning. I think it should have been level four at least. Um, people aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing, obviously, and it's not working in Dublin level three. So far, so I think we should have gone maybe to level four. And I know the economy is whatever, but for the sake of three or four weeks, as opposed to being up and down, up and down, up and down, I think that's the way it's going to go. We'll be fine for three weeks now. People will might do what they're supposed to do, but I reckon it, it'll go back up again. They could have told us more about the reasons why. Uh, they didn't go with Neffet and what Neffet's we really need to know why they want us to go to five the statistics and how they're measuring everything Level 3 should have been done two weeks ago where this I think should have been brought up to level 5 now because there's too many lives passing away with it and everything else I think they're better to stay in 3 because if they jump to 5 too quick there's nowhere to go after that so I think level 3 was a good decision at the moment Unless if things get worse, then straight away go into level five. They can only do so much. It's new to everyone. This is, you know, and all these decisions are very hard for people to be taken. Like, then we're only following everybody else. You know, every other country is doing different things. So whatever they think suits us, you know, we just have to go with it and get on with it. I thought it was a bit of cop-out by the government. Often they're advised level five. I know they got surprised by it, and I know they have other concerns. But if our medical advisors, which they've followed so far, have recommended five, and they've introduced three for the whole country, even though they could have gone level four in Dublin and Donegal, level three for the rest of the country, or set out a roadmap, I thought it was just kind of a knee-jerk reaction and a bit of a sop to throw at people. To move to level three, I was I was happy it was level three, not level five. Um, to be honest, I was shocked on Sunday evening when I heard it was level five. I was thinking the go- it just wouldn't happen. But level three is good. I have a soccer coaching business and I suppose from a sport point of view, I just think level three and level five, there's no real difference. It's harder probably in level three because people now have to go training and there's no contact. So to try to tell players and young kids especially that they can't play a match in the training, which that's what they, they love doing. It's very hard where so as level five, there was no training or anything. So it's kind of get it easier as such you know um, so it's just going to be very hard now to readjust again now to, to non-contact going to be interesting now whether you know in three weeks time if there's another recommendation if it's if they're going to follow through with it or if it's going to be a bit of tension like it's it's very hard to know which which way things are going to go from now on I don't think it's not as, as clean sailing or as easy to understand I said they got a chance I could they probably get a warning now they might cop on I mean it's not up to Tony Houlihan or the government we have to have common sense in this every person and it's a very serious issue but hopefully we won't have to go to level five it's common sense you wear the mask you wash your hands well i think if they went to level five there'd be a result whereas now there won't be a result so we'll end up being stuck in the middle between two issues one is okay economically we need to keep the country going but we're going to have an issue where this is going to go on a lot longer so if they lock things down they'd get it done whereas now we're going to be sitting on the fence trying to keep everybody happy and achieving nothing and it's going to take longer and cost us all more
The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at NeilRedFM. Probably should have made an announcement at the same time that he was going to put the pub payment back up to 350, at least 350 and perhaps higher. Apparently there's some research out now showing that an awful lot of Irish people feel that uh, all of the pub payments should be tax-free. And, and I think that's a good thing, that there should be no tax. I know it's been deferred to, is it 2021 or something, and then you'll pay it back over a long period of time. But I think considering what, what people went through, wouldn't people be okay with that being a tax-free payment? Because people need it really badly. So why have it taxed, even if it's going to be taxed in the future? Let it be a tax-free payment for the times that we're living. Anyway, your thoughts on that? one 106 I went to collect my child from school, but I stayed parked in my car. I was bewildered. I counted at least eight parents gathered at the school gate, chatting away like as if this pandemic didn't exist. No social distancing we could hear to whatsoever. And not one of the eight was wearing a mask. Younger kids were running around the children, pulling and dragging as children do. What's the point of all these levels with schools reopened when parents still need to collect children and behave like that? Even the parents don't keep safe. Thank you for that. Just on schools, I don't want the school to close, but I feel sanitizing them and cleaning should be an awful lot better. One of my children has his leaving cert, but it's very worrying because he's a type 1 diabetic. He's trying to do everything properly. My two boys in secondary school tell me their school don't even clean the tables at the start of each class. They have 40-minute classes and they'll sit at a table after a positive case. The tables are not cleaned down. The books come home onto the kitchen table for their homework after school, so it's easy to spread it at home. It's a disgrace that they're not cleaning the desks. There's already been one case of COVID in my son's sixth year class. It's frightening, says Fiona. Um, And a quick one then. I was out on Saturday night for the first time since February and I never felt safer. The two establishments we visited adhered to social distancing very well. People were wearing their masks. The majority of people I saw were aged late 20s and older. I feel so sorry for the pubs and restaurants right now. It seems they're being punished and they're adhering to the rules so well. Big shout out to the Vickerstown Inn and Brick Lane. Thank you for that text. And there's also some lovely text then with regards to John Coffey, who has uh, decided to retire the age of 88 for a rest from You Need a Bookshop and Record Store. And I'll read those out as well. But Phil's been waiting an age. Phil, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Thanks for holding. Everybody's talking about the elderly, but not um, talking to them. Yeah, go ahead. Y- yes. Um, no, maybe it has been on television or on the radio. I just didn't hear it. But I certainly didn't hear that the the, the older people, their thoughts. Yeah. Did You know, I mean, well, I'm in that bracket. Yeah. I'm old. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. But just to be here, I mean, this is last February. And you're sitting in your house or walk your own it and you just can't there's there's no way out for you. It's you're just being trapped. I mean, I feel I don't live anymore. I know. I mean, I, I mean you know. like e, 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 and even from even from the perspective of this radio program, I try and try and drag myself away from COVID to try and do different things, but it's like a magnet, you know, you keep it is. get drawn back to it, you know? It is, I know, and that's the the debate at at the minute, and it will be for a long time yet, uh, Neil. But my uh, thoughts on that... Well, maybe we... I know, but I'm just thinking, maybe if we all just stopped talking about it, and here I might even get grief for saying, follow the simple guidelines and just get on with our lives and just try and forget about it. No? Yes, I agree with that, because I can tell you now, I don't watch the news anymore, because... The whole news is taken up by that the virus. And I don't want to be listening to it anymore. I've had months and months of it now. Yeah, yeah. And 
last week I went down to the shop to get my messages. I wore the mask, of course. And there's a local pub just quite near the the the, the shop. And I said, oh, they're open. Will I take a chance and go in? No, I thought there might be a lot of people there. But there wasn't. And the pub now has been done up so well. Social distancing. I mean, it was just absolutely, it was like winning the lotto to be able to go out in an atmosphere that, you know, we all enjoy our drinks. Well, maybe not. So did you go for a little, did you go for a little tipple on the way home from shopping? I did. Oh, I did, yes. There's only about, cheaper's about six houses up. Yeah. So I did. And it was absolutely, I just felt great. And the owner, I mean, he's there, he has all the social distancing, he wears a mask himself. Uh, of course, we don't wear a mask because we're distanced anyway. Yeah. And, well, you can't you can drink if you're wearing a That's bloody right. mask. That's right. I mean, yeah. I mean, I understand that. You wore it going in and all that kind of thing. But did did you come out of it feeling an awful lot better on yourself? Oh, I was absolutely on air. I walked up the park. Well, I have a, a walk here. Walked up the park. And I was kind of humming away to myself. It made such a difference that I could just do such a small little yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think that virus is coming out of pubs. Now, there are the odd few who will overdo it, of course, do wrong, have the crowds, and they don't care, they just want money. Mm. But I think the majority of pubs are have put in place all these things that they were told to do. Yeah, and yeah. certainly where I was, that was exactly the way it was. And we're listening to all these so-called experts and doctors and professionals and scientists. Do you know what? They're all contradicting one another. They all have a different view. So which one of them is right? Um, I don't know. I mean, like, you do have differing opinions from different medics, but it's the nephid ones that the government, I was going to say listen to. They didn't listen to them yesterday, but the government listens to nephid recommendations and then acts accordingly, you know. Well, I certainly wouldn't listen to anything they have to say. They're just, I don't know, they're just putting a point out there to kind of look, make themselves look good. So I would take everything they would say with a grain of salt. I wouldn't even listen to what they had to say. Yeah, but and then yeah, I, but if the, I, if the ICUs get overloaded again, you know, and people need ventilating I don't and things think like, they will. No? No, I don't think they will. No, I don't really. The reasons uh, given by Neffet, yeah. incidentally, were pressure on the ICUs, the number of positive cases going up, Older people testing positive, uh, COVID in nursing homes, um, the carry-on at sporting events and the gatherings after matches and house parties. There were the reasons. Well, no, I, I don't really. I just think they're looking for just a tap on the back themselves. And that's the truth, deal. And then this Trump fella, the virus, he no more had that virus now than the man in the moon. Why do you say that? Like, you'd have had to have a load of doctors in on the lie. Of course you would, but you listen, money money opens every single door in the world. All right, okay. Every single door. And mind it was staged, it was a stunt, was it? Yeah, oh, okay. absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Sympathy votes. I mean, how many days was he in there, Neil? <laughs> it was in, like overnight, I think. Overnight, <laughs> yeah. Now, do you know anybody who actually had the, or have the, uh, the virus? I mean, it's astonishing. Like, if he's if he's made a full recovery, that he would. I mean, they were pumping all sorts of different trial and drugs into him, and he might have, you know, 
taking no, stuff I that... Don't care. As no, a, I don't Actually, he did take stuff that hasn't even been tested on other people, so, you know, maybe that That's was it. That's what he's telling us. That's what, That's what he's telling us. us. <laughs> right, okay. No, he's a lawyer, for God's sake. You see, the, da- the last de- the bu- debate he had with um, Biden, not that he's great either. But, you know, it was just a sparring match. It wasn't a debate at all. And so he's looking now for sympathy votes. He thinks he'll sway the people, but then the people of America are like that anyway. Yeah, well, there you, know, you go. They're easily swayed. There you go. Yeah, there you go. they're easily swayed. Well, and listen, then, um, you, know, you won't be able to go in for a tipple for a few weeks now. Well, that's grand, only a few weeks. Is that going to be six or seven months? <laughs> okay. Fingers crossed. And that dope that was on to you earlier, Michael. I don't know where, what planet he's on. Because he's there now and he's putting you one notice. Uh, no, I listen, listen. I, all God's children have a place in the choir, you know. They, they have a course, need, and you see, that's what I like about you. I know, that's you fine. That's give, fine. You are, I understand that people are getting frustrated and I understand that people are getting angry and they're getting annoyed. I know that. It's been very tough on people these last six months. And if they want to have a go at me, then I can be their punch bag. That's fine. Not a bother. Yeah, I know. But you see, his daughter, no, that's heavily pregnant and she can't wear a mask. That's fine. But I want to know, if she got the virus, who is he going to put on notice then? How is he going to find out where she got it? Well, let's hope that that she never happens. Thank, thanks, no, Phil. Mind no, yourself. Mind yourself. Don't. Take care. Of course. All right. Me. Mind yourself. Oh super stuff. Right. Take care. The Elm Tree were in touch. They said the owner, owners, management and staff are extremely upset and disappointed at yet again our industry being singled out, putting jobs and businesses at risk. The hospitality sector has gone above and beyond, making incredible sacrifices and adhering uh, to the guidelines. And that from the Elm Tree this morning which will, from uh, close of business today, uh, revert back to what they were doing before, and that was uh, takeout, because they're going to close the establishment except for takeout, and many more will be like that. Uh, I'll take a quick call, but I just need to clear an ad break then. So, David, thanks for holding. Good morning. Hi, how are you, Neil? How are you? I'm good. Um, in spite of... Good. Uh, Following that woman, going to be heard. She's a class act, Phil. Always is. Uh, Love talking to Phil. Yeah. But... Um, I just came on there quickly. I don't know whether you were listening to the news yesterday evening and stuff like that, uh, RTE. And basically the situation being is, as you know, the numbers in the north have climbed an awful lot. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, their health, uh, would you say, like Nessel up the north, has recommended for a full lockdown in the north. But they can't basically afford a full lockdown in the north. So Aileen Foster and Michelle O'Neill, which have both been in contact with Boris Johnson and Michal Martin, um, about securing funds to lock, we just say, to lock down the north, right? right? That's why they went against Neffet, for the simple reason that you have to have a whole island shut down. You can't, like we say, for example, close the north, leave the, the rest of the Republic open, like closing Munster and leaving the rest of Ireland open. So what they're trying to do is secure funding from Westminster so they can shut down the north and even last night... In the just remind me again, when we went into lockdown, shutdown, back in the bad old days... Um, yeah. or the worst old days. Um, did the North, the North closed at the same time, yeah. didn't it? North followed, yeah. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So the situation being like, is it, even on prime time last night there, you, you could even hear them saying, you know, they've seen a fall guy, Jim, there in his, what you call it thing. Oh, look, in a few weeks' time, we need time to plan this. We need the ministers to be able to sit down. We need to bring in uh, Pascal Donahue to sort out the finances of it. It's like as if they're planning to do this in a couple of weeks time but obviously I know what the jump in of oh, lock it up overnight they, that was hit them by shock but the situation being the north has gone so bad with it that they have to amalgamate the two together 
not do one. Yeah. And yeah. they need to but get that's not a, weapons. That's not an issue for Neffet, though, as such. Like, that's a government issue. No, Neffet was just given their opinion, yeah. which, I mean, look, everybody has their choice of whether they feel that's right or whether it's wrong, you know. And, but, I mean, they were going to give that opinion because they felt that that was the right thing to do now. But they do it in the north as well, except they can't afford to do it till they get the money and to go ahead from Westminster. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, you can't avoid. But I mean, it is lousy, okay. Neil. There on these poor people, like that little that lady there that wanted to go in for a drink there in a pub and just you know just just feel a bit of normality in their lives. Yeah, somebody says that lady Phil is a breath of fresh air going for her tipple on the way home from her shopping. She's oh, right. We need to stop listening to the news and just get on with their lives. I totally agree with what you're saying there. Look, I mean, like there's a lot of what you call it there. There's a lot of people right that have it and stuff like that. And um, like life needs to go on. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. it does. It needs to go on. I mean, look, people are doing the best that they can, and some people genuinely can't wear masks. Some can, and I mean, it's just gone to a stage now where, like, I mean, like, let's lock down the whole country for every infection that comes in. But I know public health is at risk, and I do understand that. But I mean, it's just I don't know. And I think the Trump thing is a stunt as well. <laughs> okay, thanks, David. Thanks for that. Morning. I work in Douglas Court Shopping Centre. I can confirm that panic buying did start yesterday with the um, worry about level five. There are much, much more people than there usually is around the centre yesterday queuing for places. Um, well. I kind of came and went, didn't it? Smith's Toys was crazy. I went straight after the school run and I was there for a while. There were still queues outside when I left and no trolleys were to be got. You can't get the toys on the shelf as the queues were going down uh, the aisles. Uh, Smith's was crazy. My boyfriend went to exchange a gift. He said there was no way he was going to get into the place as queues were wrapping around the building. Pennies and Wilton was packed and an air of panic around the place yesterday because of this impending announcement. Uh, another one here, Smith's on the Kinsale Road, was chock-a-block yesterday morning and queues outside. Uh, what about these students who are parting and only have college one or two days a week? Maybe if the Susie Grant was taken off them, they wouldn't have the money to party. Many parents are to blame for this. I don't believe there was as many uh, parties as people were worried about last week in defence of the students. With regards to um, the BlackRock um, hurling club and uh, the uh, welcome home for the success for the victorious Rockies team up the uh, church road. All those people who were celebrating in that large mass gathering in Blackrock, how many of them had plenty to say about Golfgate? Uh, those people in Blackrock are no different to the Golfgate scandal. There's no hope in sight with this virus after seeing that carry on on Church Road. Neil, it's correct that the GAA were getting a free pass. There were games on TV at the weekend and it was plain to see that there was hundreds within a small section of the stand. Uh, mind you, another text says, I was in Turnus Cross on Saturday for the Cork City game and social distancing was fantastic. Two stands of the stadium were opened for 200 spectators and every seat was marked where to sit and where not to sit. It can be done. And in Turnus Cross, it was done very well. Back after the break. The Neil Prendival Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 1850-104-106. All right, I was asked uh, just before 11 there about uh, somebody wanting to get a test and, uh, you know, would it be possible and can you just rock up or get an appointment? And so I, I told the story of a buddy of mine who went through it recently and got a test. Uh, so I said I'd just check in. Uh, you know, you, you need to have symptoms and then go to your GP and then get referred um, that's what people were saying. So I got on to him and here's the, it's a funny conversation actually, um, because I said to him, uh, da, 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 uh, Johnny, did you get a referral from your GP to get the test at the Mallow Road? Neely P. Uh, no, Neely. And I said, how did you do it so? He says, 
you do a test on mygp.ie and they tell you if you need one and then they'll text you a time. Then he says, are you getting one? And I said, nope. Then I said to him, what is the test about on mygp.ie? Is it free? He says, all free. Then he says, who's getting one? (laughs) So I says, "Uh, what questions are asked on mygp.ie? And he says, why are you asking me all these questions first? And I said, because I need it for on air. And he says, you're asked questions like, do you have a cough, temperature, shortness of breath? After I said yes, I was told I needed to get one done, so I didn't answer the rest of the questions. They then text you and they give you an appointment time. Thank you very much, I said. Thank you very much. That was the end of the conversation. So, hopefully that makes sense to you. Uh, Colin, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Um, uh, I'd just like to agree there with um, with Pocon Dennehy actually said earlier on. He actually took the words out of my mouth. I, I personally think that... Uh, the pub should stay open. I think the I, I don't drink anymore myself, so it doesn't matter really to me. But I really do think for people's mental health, that pub should stay open. Um, uh, you you know that technically they can like a pub, and and let's not get fixated with just pubs. Apart from the fact that it, they employ people, which to me is more important, really, the job losses. That's that's paramount to me. Whether people can have a drink or not is is secondary to the people's jobs. But it's restaurants indeed. and it's cafes and it's pubs and it's hotels and it's places that serve food. You know, and things like that. It's it's a lot more oh, than yes, just. I, pubs. I, I I'd agree with that too. In, in fact, uh, even having cafes open as well and and restaurants. With strict restrictions, of course, like, but, um, you know, I mean, there, there are people there that, that do, do like to go into a pub, even have a cup of coffee, have a pint, whatever, you know, and, and it, it, like, it does help their, their mental health, you know, I, it's more so out the country where they don't see anyone from one end of the, end of the week to the other, you know. Um, I personally think by having off licenses and more so supermarkets, uh, I, uh, drink aisles open, it will only, um, it, it will only, you know, exacerbate the, the situation. Even, even though time. you're limited to six people from one, one other household? Oh, God, who's going to please that, Neil? Well, the guard yeah, certainly no. can't anyway, that's for sure. Okay, okay. No, no, no. Okay, no. so you would be in favour of the pubs being left open um, because they're following the guidelines and the restri- the restricted entry and all that kind of thing as it is? I would, I would, Neil. Honestly, I would. I, I, you see, I think the the honest person, I think you even said it yesterday, you, you could, so all the restrictions you want and all the levels you want, but... The people that are uh, that are breaking the rules will carry on breaking the rules anyway. The honest person is there. They're washing their hands. They're wearing masks. It's you know you're not you're not going to change them. They're they're abiding by the rules. But I, at the same time, I don't think you know, all the pleading going isn't going to stop people breaking the rules that are breaking them at the moment. Okay, let us see. Yeah. Thanks for that, Colin. Thank you. Hi, I'm a cafe manager and while our business would undoubtedly struggle, we are very much welcoming these level three restrictions. While most people are very compliant and understanding, I'm blue in the face from still having to tell grown-up adults to wear masks, sanitize their hands and keep a distance. We have signage all over the cafe and my staff feel like they're broken records. My job the last few weeks has been a very difficult balancing act of keeping my staff in a job and ensuring both staff and customers 
customers are safe. These restrictions have broken my heart and it has been a very difficult time for our business. While I'm upset that we have to close and worry for business, I'm glad that I can place the safety of staff as a priority for now. And for how long, one has to wonder. Will it be three weeks? Will it be longer? Will we have to wait and see what the numbers do before they decide to uh, uh, reverse level three after three weeks? I'm happy to say that Michael McGrath, TD, Minister for Public Expenditure and Reform, is now in a position, I think there was a cabinet meeting this morning, he's now in a position to take my call and I do appreciate it. Michael, good morning. Hi, Neil. Good morning to you. Very interesting development here on Leaside, where more and more people believe this whole thing was a setup, that it was a, a plan that was concocted between NEFID and the government to frighten people on Sunday night with level five, knowing that they could slip in level three on Monday morning. Your thoughts? No, I can tell you that was definitely not the case. Uh, there is a difference of opinion here between NEFIT uh, and the government. And as a government, we faced a very difficult decision. I mean, back just on Thursday last, we had a letter from NEFIT following their meeting last Thursday, which did not recommend even moving to level three. And then three days later on Sunday, we had a letter uh, from NEFIT following their meeting Sunday afternoon, recommending that we go straight to level five, which would in effect be a national lockdown with hundreds of thousands of jobs lost overnight. Uh, We did not believe that that was warranted or that that would be the right decision uh, and that people should be given um, a further opportunity to get on top of this. Uh, And, you know, I think we're six months into this now and, you know, it's very difficult to make decisions that have an immediate impact on somebody's business or somebody's job and even going to level three, and I'm sure you've been hearing it all morning, has a very direct and immediate impact on jobs. But if we were to go to level five overnight, uh, Neil, in Cork, that would probably mean something like 40 to 50,000 jobs. And was that that. 40 to 50,000 jobs nationally? In Cork alone. In Cork alone, because nationally you could be talking about four times that. Nationally, I'd say you'd be talking probably four to 500,000 jobs. Oh, my God. Uh, well, if you look back at the peak when we had full lockdown or, or close to it, uh, we had 600,000 people on the pandemic unemployment payment. Uh, that is now down to about 200,000 people. So I think it's fair to assume that if you went back to a full lockdown, uh, you'd be back up to that kind of unemployment level. Uh, and like that's in addition to the number of people on the live register who had lost their job before COVID. And there's about 200,000 of them. So I, I think it's fair to assume and nobody knows for sure. But I mean, if we went back to those type of restrictions, you would be talking, I, I would certainly estimate four to 500,000 jobs gone in a a matter of days because businesses would just close they would have to close but as it stands now many businesses are closing because of level 3 well yes some uh, some are Uh, but sure what pub or restaurant can serve 15 people outdoors in the month of October yeah, I, I take that point. Um, very few, I would imagine, uh, it is an option for, and that will mean job losses, and that is really tough. That is deeply regrettable. Uh, the alternative was to go much, much further and uh, to shut down, you know, pretty much all of the retail sector, apart from groceries, shut down many uh, factories uh, and other places of work. But won't Neffet so say that, they, that three isn't enough and that we'll just limp along as we are and sooner or later we'll have to go to five? I'm not saying that now, but I'm imagining that yeah. possibly is what Neffet would say. Yeah, and I was at the meeting yesterday uh, with uh, Dr. Tony Olin uh, and Roland Lynn and Professor Philip Nolan, uh, and it was a very good meeting. I mean, it was uh, it, there was a lot of straight talking, uh, a lot of... Uh, 
difficult questions being asked um, by us as a government as to what uh, NEFIT was recommending and what the, uh, the future phases might look like if government was to make that decision. And look, nobody has been through this before. I mean, they are giving their best professional advice as to what they think is the right thing to do. And did, you, did and the cabinet then did the cabinet then tell NEFIT at that meeting? That no, we're not taking your advice. So did you go away then and discuss it and come up with plan three or level three yourselves? I think the Dr. Tony Holohan and the others who were there would have uh, would have certainly left with the distinct impression that uh, the government was not going to adopt the recommendation in full. But it wasn't a full cabinet meeting, so it didn't have the power to make any decision. So the decision was made subsequently by um, a formal uh, meeting of cabinet. And why did they answer the question as to why they changed their mind in the space of a number of days? Yeah, and I think if you read their letter, uh, I think it does outline the basis uh, of that recommendation. It does come down to their modelling uh, and their modelling is telling them that, you know, we are, and we can all see this from the numbers, we are seriously going in the wrong direction. And that's why they're recommending what they call a circuit break, in essence, a complete lockdown to get it back under control. But if you were to do that, there's no guarantee whatsoever that you'd be out of it in four weeks. They had recommended you do it for four weeks. And, uh, you know, we're, we're not saying that it won't get to that point, Neil. It may do. And it is within all of our own collective control uh, to do better and to do more. And if we're honest about it, some of the behaviours that we've seen have not been good enough. And I think that's partly why the virus numbers are increasing. So we are being given another opportunity uh, to get on top of this. But if the numbers continue to deteriorate, uh, then government will have no option but to make further decisions. And we don't want to do that because we know what the real-life consequences for people are. I mean, the other reason why we weren't minded to move to Level 5 now is because, and this is an issue I would have raised with Dr. Holohan and others yesterday, is that there are health effects as well from moving to that level of deep restriction. I mean, there are mental health effects. There are issues around isolation. Uh, there are impacts on other health services, disability services. You know, we have people in this country who have not had respite care for six months, who haven't had the opportunity to go to an adult day service for, for six months. We've got to get those services back up and running. The survey out uh, this morning, the examiner says that almost half of the people in Ireland say that COVID-19 pandemic has made them feel depressed, anxious and negatively impacted their confidence. Yeah, and I'm not surprised by that. I mean, people are fearful and there's a lot of anxiety at the moment. And I don't think we have ever had such a level of uncertainty. I mean, we're preparing a budget uh, to present next Tuesday and it's against this backdrop. And uh, and also the fact that, you know, we could be looking at a no trade deal Brexit, which would be another hammer blow. Um, so people are nervous. You can see that in uh, in in the, the savings levels. Um, and not everyone can save, but uh, many people are because there are a lot of people whose income actually is unaffected in the last six months, but they have a lot less opportunity to spend. Uh, but then many other people are out of work and their income uh, has been slashed. Okay, so let me ask you about divided, that. Very divided picture now. Well, well, let me ask you about that because lots and lots of calls and texts regarding the, uh, the pandemic payment of 300 euro. Is that going to be increased? So like, that was introduced originally back in March. It was intended to be for about 12 weeks and it's now going to be with us based on the decisions already made for for 12 months uh, and about three and a half billion euro has been paid out so far uh, on that pub payment. And like, we also have to remember 
that people who lost their job up to the middle of March, just pre-COVID, uh, around €203. Euro. Uh, we have carers in Cork, we have widows, people in disability allowance, invalidity payment, uh, on much lower payments, uh, and we need to be fair to everybody. So we have to take all of that uh, into account, and that's what we're trying to do now, and balance a whole load of different demands uh, in the context of what will be a challenging budget. So I can't give any commitment on that issue. Um, but, I don't think it's uh, very unfair because COVID hasn't gone away. People's scenario and situations haven't changed, but you docked them 50 euro a week. Uh, in the same breath, you gave yourselves a 2% wage increase. Well, we didn't give ourselves a 2% pay increase. Did. Um, we didn't. Uh, well, first of all, I didn't take it, uh, and I took a, a, a pay cut on top of it, but that's neither here nor there. And the, but how could you the, not take it if you said you didn't get it? You were given it. It was 2%. It's the public well, sector I, pay agreement. Well, I've handed it back, um, and every member of government uh, has done that. I, I've written a, a, a letter confirming... So every know, TD, councillor, senator across the country didn't take the 2%? No, I'm not saying that. Yeah, because they did. You know, that, no, I'm talking about members of government as in ministers. No, but like TDs took a two got a 2% increase. Same time you cut people's pop payment by 50 euro. That 50 euro could put dinners on tables and pay bills and help to a mortgage or rent. Yeah, I, uh, I get that. I mean, look, the 2% was uh, an across-the-board uh, public service um, unwinding of a previous cut was the, these, these financial emergency measures. It was the final payment under the current uh, public service pay it's deal. The same, it's so the it, same every year. Uh, well, no, there's a current pay deal which is coming to an end now uh, at the end of this year. Um, but as I say, look, I, I didn't take it and took, took a 10% pay cut on top of it, but I'm not going to tell others what to do. But I mean, that increase went to nurses, to guards, to, you know, to members of the fire service. It went to all members across the public service. Um, and so the public sector had, gets pay increases when all the rest of us take 10 and 15 and 20% pay cuts. Well, we had a, a pay agreement in place and I'm uh, hopeful that we can negotiate uh, a new but a very a very different uh, pay agreement because I think it would be helpful if we had certainty around the public pay bill, okay. uh, which is about a third of all current expenditure. Um, but, I mean, Neil, in terms of social welfare supports, you know, we will spend over €30 billion Euro this year uh, on social welfare and the wage subsidy scheme, which is administered through the social welfare vote as such. And, you know, that is going to be about €10 billion Euro more than was expected at the beginning of the year. So, like, the government has responded uh, as best it can uh, to um, help people get through what is a really tough period. But we're going to review all of these issues. I've been meeting Heather Humphreys, the Minister for Social Protection, to see what we can do uh, to help people uh, through next year as well. Okay, how much are we in the hole as a country for COVID now? Do you have a number? Uh, yeah, I mean, the deficit this year uh, will be, you know, of the order of, of 25 billion euro or so. Um, before COVID, the, the expectation was we'd have a small surplus uh, this year. So there's been a swing of between 25 and 30 billion euro. So it's cost us 25 um, to 30 billion. And will next week's budget be an austerity budget or, or what kind of a budget? It won't be an austerity budget. I mean, this would be uh, the wrong time to uh, to, to cut uh, government spending, to cut investment uh, in capital projects, in public services. So those will be maintained. And 
uh, increased where possible. I mean, you do raise a valid point. We're able to do that because we can borrow at historic low interest rates, essentially close to zero at this point in time. So it does make sense to invest in housing, uh, in schools and transport projects. We're not, so yes, we're not going to see tax increases nor tax cuts or change to USC or anything like that or increases in welfare payments. So we're, we're not going to see uh, income tax uh, cuts or increases. Okay. Uh, there will be a change in the carbon tax, but the details will be confirmed yeah. next week and there will be offsetting measures for people who are uh, on low incomes and especially people who are dependent uh, on welfare. But the budget really will have a few core objectives. It will be to help and guide the country through uh, COVID next year. And that will, in broad terms, mean maintaining very high levels of public expenditure, which will have an impact on the national debt. And we have to be upfront and honest about that. Yeah, I know know there's a bill there and it will take generations in the future to pay it. But for now, now, it's up to people to do the right thing. get through the next three weeks or else we go to five? We need to do better. I mean, in Cork, we were doing really well up to about about two weeks ago and then we started to to see the numbers go up. And that's the most frustrating thing about this issue is that it is controllable and I think it is about the simple things. And, uh, you know, we are, we did talk yesterday at Cabinet about just trying to sharpen the messaging. I think, you know, just telling people to keep their distance and wash their hands and wear a mask and we need to keep saying those things. But that message has probably got a bit tired. And I think we maybe need to hear from people who've been directly impacted by COVID, including young people, many of whom, you know, are still have lasting effects months and months later. This is not a disease to be taken lightly. Uh, even if you think it has run through you, uh, there could be lasting effects uh, to vital organs that you have. And is there any sign so, of a vaccine? Where are we at with that, do you know? Uh, well, look, the, there seems to be a degree of confidence in the medical community that we will see one in, in the first half of next year, uh, as early as the spring. But, you know, we can't depend on that. We have signed up uh, at a European level uh, to uh, advance contracts so that uh, in the event that vaccine... We will uh, get it when it happens. Developed, uh, we will get it. We've paid money out to make sure that we are uh, we are part of the queue in European terms to okay. get that when it comes through. Okay, listen, out of time. Thanks so much for taking the call. I appreciate you fitting me in. Thank you, Michael McGrath, TD, Minister for Public Expenditure and Reform. We covered a lot of ground there. Excellent. Gavin James, talking about boxes. Let's take Ashley out of her box, shall we? Ashley, good morning. How are you, all right? Not too bad, no, sorry, sir. I'm good, my man. You have won, right? So you got yourself a two-night B&B stay. Will we find out where? Yeah, I'll find out where. Okay, my brother, hold on, then we'll get it done and just sort myself out here and get oh, this good. one on the air. Congratulations. You've just won Red FM's Take a Break for Cork's sake. Hi, I'm Trace Gill, manager of McLean Hotel Silver Springs. Congratulations on winning Red FM Take a Break for Cork's sake. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.